close to the pin of shame. Yeah, yeah, he narrowly avoids the pin of shame. I don't know what you're talking did, about. Did you just wake up? You look, you look not refreshed. Mm. Looks like he bummed a ride here. <laughs> like you, mm. like you just crawled out of bed. Mm. You got a little bed head going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, get your coffee on, mm. and uh, it's time for the show. Is it? It is free talk live. Yes, it is. Uh, the telephone number, if you'd like to join us tonight, is 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me tonight... Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Uh, we're going to kick tonight's show off by saying, Crappy birthday! 110 years of the Federal Reserve! Boo! I know. Like, mm. like if the Federal Reserve was given a cake with a bunch of candles, I hope it burns the place down. Mm. Well, I'd just like to soothe my soul with the knowledge that Henry Kissinger no longer walks the earth. Well, and FDR too, right? Yeah, wasn't, yeah. wasn't it during his time when this whole thing like went into went into play? Not it's that like a hundred. Uh, oh, and ten years. Oh, yeah. Oh. Not that. Not that I like. I mean, I'm 51, so you do Wait, the math. you mean they they would pass that law on, like, Christmas Eve when no one was even there? There are... Well played. There are uh, libertarian types, if you will. And I say types because I, you know, voluntarists, anarchists, or whatever. I'm not just talking about, like, free state project people or whatever, right? Or people, capital L, little L, whatever Big umbrella is, libertarians. Right? Big umbrella. Huge umbrella libertarian types who... Talk about dead presidents like they're still here somehow, mm. you know? Well, it was so-and-so's fault. It's like, well, okay, yes, it was, but, like, were you alive for that to happen? Like, they have these opinions that, like, drag into this territory of that make you, like, they insinuate or imply that they were alive. And I'm like, dude, you're younger than me. There's no way you were alive for this particular regime to have taken place. But at any rate... I mean, you can still point the blame, right? Okay, like if it's, if but it's like, their fault, it's their fault. But they're, it's but it's it's like almost the it's almost well, it's like your fault that their policies are still being paid for. It would be like the captain speaking in third person. Well, the captain is going to read something now, right? But no, that's me. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be like I'm going to read something. Now. I'm not gonna say the captain's gonna read something now, right? They speak as if they were there. They speak, they're like, well, what happened is blah, 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 blah. And then because, of, you know, and they speak as if they were like, they're giving an eyewitness account of the details that happened instead of giving the historical facts, or at least as history is, has written them. Okay. I mean, well, I said it before, I'll say it again. If you get a time travel device, don't go for Hitler, go for Woodrow Wilson. No uh, Woodrow Wilson, no Federal Reserve, also no World War One, no World War Two. Today, December 23rd, 2023, marks 110 years since the establishment of the Federal Reserve System. It stands as a testament centralized financial control, perpetuating an intricate web of fallacies that plague the global economic landscape. A creation shrouded in secrecy and conceived on Jekyll Island, that's right, folks. If you're not familiar with Jekyll Island. The Creature from Jekyll Island. It's a great book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Check it out. Recommended reading for anybody of almost any age. <laughs> as long as I don't even know like if it's published in different languages, but, I assume. But that book is a conspiracy theory. Yeah, and the conspiracy theorists are what, like 25 and 0 over the last uh, you know, 25 years? 
<laughs> so we are, we are running out of conspiracy theories that haven't come true at this point. The Federal Reserve embodies a sinister creature that inflicts severe harm on the fabric of economic stability. Its inception heralded an era of fiat money. If you don't know what that is, look it up. It basically means fake or backed by nothing. By F- decree. Fract- thank you. Fractional reserve banking. Again, if you don't know what that is, look it up. What it means in layman's terms is banks, if they wanted to give you a loan for $100,000, needed to have some percentage of that in reserve before they could make the loan. 10% is where it was whenever I discovered what fractional reserve banking was. And then they waived that a few years <laughs> They waived that, and so now every loan banks give out is just backed by nothing. It's not even a percentage-based thing. It's just like, yeah, sure, we'll just create money out of thin air for you, provided you have good credit and some collateral and a down payment. So as bad of an idea as this is, you mentioned the libertarian types. And two or three months ago at one of the you know monthly meetup groups yeah. in the city closer to me, there was a gentleman who pur- purported to be like one of us handing out pamphlets about how the best way for New Hampshire to secede is to start our own paper fiat currency. Oh, gosh. No. No. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I say that because I think that's a horrible idea. Uh, we saw what happened to the Liberty Dollar Right, Bernard von Nothaus. Well, that's completely different. That was not a paper currency. I, right. I understand, but okay. And I can actually, I can pick up a little bit of what he's laying down there. That, like, you did know, did you talk you, to this guy? No, no. Okay. But right. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I can imagine an argument that makes some sense to that. In, in as much as like, okay, if you're still using the U.S. dollar, you're still supporting the federal government. Yep. If you're supporting the federal government, you're not really working toward any kind of secession, so on and so forth. Fair enough. But replacing that with a more local form of theft is still a bad idea. Yeah. And, and I think that Argentina is a perfect example of this. So, like, yeah, they are a way, way smaller country. They don't run the, the world's reserve <laughs> currency. But still, look at what happens, the kind of waste, fraud, and abuse that infinite power to print money does to people, enough like, to do 100% plus in inflation every year. Like, before government, uh, United States government, monopolized currency, right? Which is what they have done. Right? They're the only ones that can make it. We're the only ones that are authorized. You can't make it, right? Um, before that happened, there were a variety of, we'll call them local currencies, town cities, right? Uh, communities often would have some form of their own local, oh, you're in, you know, dirt water right now, and, well, we have dirt water dollars or whatever it is, right? Dirt water, you know, currency. Yeah, you exchange this for that, and, you know, and so, like, in my mind, that's how currency should have, like, sort Mm. of developed. Is like there's multiple places that have multiple different types of currency, and whoever has the best one or the most innovative one or the most transferable one or the most exchangeable one or whatever, you know, would have become sort of the, we'll call it the dominant currency, but that also would not have stopped other currencies from being invented and trying to improve and and be better than whatever the dominant currency is. And the way we used to do it in this country was, like, the best version of that, where instead of it being, you know, the municipality of Dartwater has a currency. It was this bank right. issues its bank notes. 
And because this bank has so far been redeeming its banknotes in actual money, gold, gold silver, right, etc. Since they've been redeeming them, those notes are still trading at face value. This to, one, to they're be, not redeeming theirs. Their notes aren't trading that way. To play devil's advocate, then, the reason the Federal Reserve was uh, proposed was because this local bank, dirt water currency... Failed miserably in so many places. We'll, we'll get yeah, to that. You will always have a percentage of people who take advantage of trust. Well, okay. the the point of that is to not centralize all trust into one entity taking advantage of everyone. Understood. And and this article that I'm reading, it's actually a post from uh, AnCap Air on on the Twit, uh, but. What I would say, because of where we're at currently, particularly in New Hampshire with the Free State Project and liberty movers, people who value liberty, want to see it in our lifetime, people who support uh, the secession movement, NH exits, all that kind of stuff. Uh, What I would say to this guy who uh, attended this meeting uh, is I understand where somebody might find value in the desire to create a locally based currency, whether it's New Hampshire or you know some city or whatever it is, I I get that that is a desire that somebody of a libertarian mind might have. That being said, I think a superior product already exists in the gold back. Okay, and so while I might agree that yeah, in order for New Hampshire to secede, it needs to establish an alternative currency to the United States dollar. Uh, I think it already has that in the goldback and in various forms of cryptocurrency. The, the goldback needs a complementary currency for smaller values. Oh, for change? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one, one well goldback, just you wait. One goldback's like four bucks, right? So if I want to buy a banana, I can't do anything with a goldback. But you can buy like can buy eight four bananas. bananas. Yeah. Yes, but th- that will rot, right? I want a banana no, on my way to work. No, you just eat the mm. one banana and take the rest home and make banana bread. <laughs> no, that's extra work. I want a banana, but it's good nutrition, right? When I'm at the grocery, when I'm at the grocery counter, and I see the like the rack of candy bars, I want one Richie Rich, one Snicker Richie bar. Rich, well, how many times have you walked into a grocery store and bought one thing? Uh, <laughs> you know, if it's one thing, I get st- I get picked mm-hmm. up at the cu- at the window. Yeah. So, okay, uh, a yeah. grocery store, fair enough, but a corner store. You know, you feel like a snack. You go yeah. to the corner. No, there, you want to grab. There is a, a need. Thing of chips there is a need. Currently, the places that I have been to that accept goldbacks, uh, when there is a need to, like, you know, oh yeah, that was three dollars and ten cents, and here's yeah. a goldback. Like, oh, that's right. they give me ninety cents in USD. Right. right. So right. Well, there's also the possibility card. of giving you an, uh, one of the old dimes that's still made out of silver. I have some of those. Uh, right? Somebody uh, actually. Uh, used those as currency at the Fork Fest and Pork Fest this past year uh, when I was, you know, selling some stuff. And I was like, yes, I will. They're like, will you take? I'm like, hell yes, I will. Mm -hmm. And so I did. I ended up uh, with like a Joe Montana silver round Hmm, as well. But when he was with the Kansas City Chiefs, not the 49ers. Mm. So like it's extra rare because like they only made so many of those. Uh We'll get back to all of this. And, and so silver could be it. Copper could be it for even smaller denominations. If you need something that small, yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's why pennies existed in the first place right. is because, and they were the longest running actually made out of something, but yeah. not anymore. Now but even, a, even the Liberty Dollar, as Captain mentioned, had like the $1 copper rounds. Yeah. 
Right. And and to that extent, like Goldback, the organization, uh, has taken note of the need. They're like, oh, yeah, we made this thing for small purchases so you could buy, like, you know, a coffee at Starbucks, right? I call Starbucks four bucks because you can't get out of there without spending less than four bucks. You yep. know, you always got to spend more. Anyway, they're aware that, like, there is some, you know, change, especially as the value of the gold back goes up right. in comparison to the dollar. They've tossed around the ideas of, like, making a perforated gold back so that you could tear off, you know, some, All right. you know, 25% or, you know, 5%. I don't know what it is, right? So, you know. Um, well, that's the old silver round. Those right? pieces those, of eight was a ounce of silver cut into eight pieces. I'm not going to worry about it because the people who are manufacturing this product, this gold back, um, already know that it's a problem and hopefully okay. they will innovate, particularly as competition comes to. Uh, well, comes yeah, to but it, it's it's difficult to say like right now that that's the, the perfect alternative to what we've got. I mentioned uh, NH exit earlier. Let's go to your calls and thoughts. I mean, we and have the perfect alternative is still in the cryptocurrencies. We have David Ridley calling. David, you're on Free Talk Live. I was going to talk off topic, but actually, I know of something going on that is on topic Segway. here in New Hampshire. Can you hear me? I can. can yes, you. go ahead. Okay, so uh, I was just listening to a podcast. I don't. I'm a little vague on the timing and the date and everything, but apparently, New Hampshire Liberty activists and former Senator uh, Jim Forsyth is involved in an effort to try and get uh, New Hampshire currency. It would be gold-backed, and it would become legal tender, uh, and, the, and, the, and the, there would be a crypto version of it, like a token, mm-hmm. a crypto token that is backed by gold, and, and you could use gold as legal tender. Nice. Yeah, I think that would now, be the I, way to go. I'm, I'm not sure that legal tender is quite the right word for it, um, I think that implies that people are required to accept it. I think it would, but I think it would just make it so that the government can accept it as payment for taxes. I'm not sure it would make anybody accept it. Right. So I think that's a misnomer with legal tender to begin with, because legal tender is for debts, right? If you if you incur a debt to someone and they take you to court mm-hmm. and they say like, well, we need to settle this debt, you can use legal tender. But if you walk into like the grocery store or the corner store and they say, we only take gold for trade, right? You're not in debt yet, right? You're now you're trying to trade. If you steal something and run out the door and then you get caught and like now you're in debt and now you can pay that back in U.S. dollars. So it might, you know, incentivize theft. Um, But the, the legal tender is for payments of, you know, taxes and debts. Doesn't matter. You can barter for whatever you want. I was going to ask you to clarify that too, because um, like- Taxation to me is a very different animal than debt. Understood. Debt is, you know, I borrowed something for somebody or I owe them restitution for something. Yeah. To me, that's debt. I understand. Taxation, however, you know, being theft, I don't actually owe anybody anything. Right. You can make that distinction. And was it, uh, didn't Jerk J, they had the Bitcoin store on Portsmouth? They did, yeah. That in order to buy anything from, then you first had to convert to Bitcoin. Yeah. Right, it's not like uh, I'm buying this yeah. and I'm going to pay in Federal Reserve notes because you must take it because it's legal tender. I, right? No, it's that's what they're accepting because you're not in debt to them yet. I never made it to that store when it was open, and in fact, I don't even know if it was open when I first got here. Okay, um, but I wanted to go. Like I heard about it, I'm yeah. like, this is great, and they had all of the things that you needed. Right? They had, you know, a, uh, some sort of a uh, an ATM where you could convert your your fiat 
into crypto that you had to if you only had fiat on you right uh or you could like uh, like still to this day coinstar machines if you have your spare change right and maybe that's a solution to the uh you know when you get change from goldbacks or something you know you just take it to the coinstar convert it to crypto okay um that's an extra step but but it it is but like you know for from a practical perspective in the now uh, Coinstar still will allow you to, when you bring your coins, dump it in the machine, it counts them all. It takes, I don't know, 5%, 10%, whatever it is off the top. But then whatever it's going to give you back, you can choose to have it in a voucher for the store that you're at, or you can choose to have it converted into, I don't even know if they have multiple cryptos. I haven't used it in so long because, well, I no longer keep spare change around except for, like, in my ashtray. I've got, you know, some... Yeah some change in case I need to plug a meter or something. Another example that just came to mind, Captain, you at uh, ForkFest this past year in ForkFash, yeah. right? You were not taking uh, Federal Reserve notes for I, your merchandise. Correct. I was not. Yeah. So, And no one no one said, like, you must take this because this is legal tender. Yeah. Right? Nor would they, nor would they be... I mean, no one even to, stole like, your merchandise and then forced you to take their dirty fetties like, after you took them to court. Part of my reasoning for not accepting fiat at Forkfest and Porkfest was because you're at Forkfest and Porkfest. <laughs> if you <laughs> don't have a, a method, if you don't have upon you, if all you have on you is USD, walk around for five minutes <laughs> or just go to random people go, hey, could somebody exchange some USD? for? And somebody will. Somebody else will. They'll give you gold back. They'll give you crypto, whatever it is. They'll fit, you know, they'll make you an offer. You'll make them an offer, whatever it is. You know, go like that's the experience that I wanted these people to have. Yeah, they'll generally even do it at spot. Right. It's merchant's choice, and most merchants just choose Federal Reserve notes. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, David. Yeah, and, and mostly that just comes down to trying to make the maximum number of sales, whereas you have uh, something else in, in mind. David? Yes. So anyway, uh, New Hampshire bill uh, that would create a New Hampshire gold back currency. Uh, I, you know, if if I'm not getting my timing wrong, then I guess it would be heard between January and March. However, I don't know what the date of this podcast was, so this could be something from last year, for all I know. Okay. Do you remember the name of it? What it was called? No, I, I didn't. I didn't get the bill number or name. Oh, very informative. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all right. I, I think I'm pretty sure I'm. I'm this was sure different from the page. topic he called about, Captain. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm. I'm giving him crap. Uh, nothing but love, Dave. Uh, what but else? Is, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say I'm pretty sure I'm earning my pay here, but um, the uh, other thing, the thing I was going to call about was the treaty treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons. Are you familiar with that? Uh, no. So nuclear weapons are actually now illegal. Most. Uh, I think most UN members have signed on to this treaty, oh. uh, and it has you know like a monitoring regimen and certain you know certain things that member states are not supposed to do. Uh, but it gets very little attention, and the United States you know vetoed it, so it doesn't. You know, they, they none of the nuclear powers signed on. Of course not. Uh, Why would you? But it, you've got the nukes. <laughs> All the guys with the big bombs are like, no, everyone, that's okay. Everyone without the nukes can sit and swirl. But it is putting it is putting some pressure on the uh, on the nuclear powers. Uh, unfortunately, it's just not enough to stop this spiraling arms race. Uh, yeah. And what I discovered is, you know, I, I I I go back every six months or so and just try to see 
where things stand with this. And really, I was shocked to see how little activity there had been related to the TPNW over the last uh, six months. There wasn't much uh, on YouTube about it, uh, which I was, you know, I was listening to that as a podcast. I haven't searched for very many other places, but, you know, it's a fairly big deal. I'm not a big fan of the UN, but uh, it seems like for once, it's been used for a fairly constructive purpose. Eh. If you've got the nukes, it would be folly to give that up. There's no good reason to do so, politically or otherwise. Then why did did South Africa give up theirs? Because they're foolish. I don't think so. No, what they wanted to do is make a statement that says, uh, hey, uh, please invade us. We can't fight back with nukes. Or, hey, we recognize that uh, nuclear threats are even more grand, even a greater threat than just mere statism. That's why you have the nukes. What? All of the uh, former member states of the Soviet Union also gave up theirs if they had any access to them. Well, not all of them. I still think it's uh, I mean, yeah. Russia. Come on. Oh, yeah, except for, yeah, except for Russia. I a mean, little yeah. important. Let's, let's scale this down. <laughs> to end gun violence in the United States, we must all pass a treaty to turn in our weapons. <laughs> yeah, because no, it'd I, be safer for everybody. Yeah. No, what, what needs to happen, of course, is that like everybody should just be able to own a nuclear weapon. That's what I'm saying. It's the complete opposite of what the proposal is. Right. The easy, you know, the easiest way to defend yourself against a nuclear threat is to have one of your own. Then it's a standoff. Then ga- it's a that's, duel. Uh, that's been gamed out. Gamed out. Uh, it's like, for instance, what would happen if, every, if making a nuclear weapon were, were just as easy as a, uh, you know, a, making a, uh, a bow and arrow or something like that? Uh, the humans probably wouldn't exist anymore. <laughs> hey, Mr. Ridley, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate you, man. Keep up the good work. Uh, 3D printed nuclear weapons. Are they on the way? 603-283-6160. Should you be able to print one in the comfort of your own living room? Give us a call. Let us know. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Tired of the ever-inflating U.S. dollar? You can live your life on Dash instead with some handy websites. BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years and has a ton of big-name retailers and brands including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. Plus, many of their gift cards are available at a discount. But what about paying your bills? Spritz.finance can do that, and they can send dollars to your bank account in case you still need those for some reason. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org.
Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in and listening to tonight's edition of Free Talk Live. The telephone number, if you would like to join us, because we are a live call-in radio program where you talk about whatever's on your mind, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio this evening... Stevening? Stevening? This Stevening. This Stevening? You think about that soda Bonnie told you about. There's there's not even anybody named Steve here, although I have mentioned on air several times that there are too many friends of mine with certain names. Steve Mm. is one of them. Chris is another one. And there's another one I can't think of right now, but it'll it'll come to me later. But yeah, so anyway, in the studio this evening, it's myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Switchy Switch. (laughs) Switchy Switch. Whatever. Richie Rich. Do you play the Nintendo Switch? Is that, I do. That's yeah? like my okay. go-to. I have three of those things. Really? Yeah. Do you, so you so that you switch can switch between them. Between switches? Kind of. Like I've got one a switch in, switch. How I've do got you one know, in the living room, one in the bedroom, and the handheld one. How do and you then know, switch, switch, switch. How do you know which switch is which? Uh, well, because there's like all three of the different models currently. So I, it's pretty mm, easy to determine. Models. <laughs> uh, before we go on, I want to tell you that you can join, well, me and other liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 13th through the 16th for the 8th annual Forkfest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains White. of New Hampshire. Forkfest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which has sold out in recent years. Yes, they have. Forkfest happens the week before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Forkfest is decentralized, which means there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 13th through the 16th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the Forkfest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the Forkfest forum. You can find links to those at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there. June 13th through the 16th, ForkFest.Party. All right. We started talking about uh, crappy birthday to the Federal Reserve 110 years ago. It A was decreasing value of your dollar. It was established, and since then, uh, something like 99% of the purchasing value of the dollar has gone away. That is to say, one dollar a hundred and ten years ago would buy ninety nine percent more than it does today. So if you can find something today. Yeah. So if you could find exactly. So if you could find something that costs a dollar today, you could have bought a hundred of them in uh, nineteen thirteen. And people still trust this thing. Why? Yeah, I don't. Why I don't that know sounds why. like we've had not two percent inflation a year. No. 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 <laughs> Uh, The inception of the Federal Reserve heralded an era of fiat money, fractional reserve banking, and perpetual debt, and it established the constructs fundamentally, uh, it established constructs fundamentally flawed, designed to serve the interests of a select few at the expense of many. That's you and me. Yep. At its core lies the fallacy of fiat money, a system wherein currency holds no intrinsic value and is instead backed by the mere decree of government subject to it's amazing ma- sorry it's amazing to hear like anti crypto people 
bring that up. <laughs> like crypto is fiat because it's not backed by anything. False. Crypto is backed by mathematics. Understood. But then they totally disregard the U.S. dollar, <laughs> right? As, no, no, no. That's that's government money. That's so much better. That's backed by the government. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, so to to get a grip on uh, what sort of propaganda is being fed to the public regarding oh. cryptocurrency, uh, we have uh, I, libertarians around the state of New Hampshire have these uh, these meetups that happen. Some of them are pretty regular. Some of them not so regular. I was at one of the regular ones, and uh, uh, one of our co-hosts sometimes called Joa. Okay. Uh, he was outside, I think, having a smoke or whatever, and he's talking to some non-libertarian chick, right? I think he's hitting on her or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But I'm getting ready to leave, come do, the, come do the show, and he's talking to her about cryptocurrency, right? And uh, so I'm, I'm walking out the door. He goes, hey, Captain, uh, she she thinks that uh, cryptocurrency, uh, you know, is, is, isn't a good idea. And I'm like, oh, really? Why? And she's like, well, from everything on the news that I've seen, it just seems really shady. And I'm like, you want to know what a really shady currency is? And she's like, what? I'm like, the United States dollar. And she goes, oh, and then I turned and walked away and came to do the show. But, like, no, really. Like, and Joe yeah, like all of the terrorism in the world, all of the criminality, <laughs> all, all of, of the kidnapping, <laughs> all, of all, of the, all of the paid murders is done in the United States dollar. Yeah. Until like cryptocurrency came along. And even though cryptocurrency has come along, it's still all done in the dollar. All right. Not all, but like m- the majority of it is still the dollar. Like the U.S. government, government has a lot of, of confiscated crypto, man. Sure. Like but they're going to be they're spending it on forth, bad stuff, too. But what they're putting forth is a whole bunch of BS propaganda that like somehow cryptocurrency is the the choice Hucksters, of evildoers. Scammers. Scammers. No, no. The biggest scammer on planet Earth is government. And the biggest scam, the biggest pyramid scam, the biggest like false thing that you could ever hold in your hand is something called the United States dollar. And it's lost value over 110 years. <laughs> like all of it. Like yeah, yeah, like all of it. it. It's approaching all of it. Like, like everyone talks about hyperinflation. I go, is 99 not enough? Right. Is 99% <laughs> not enough? Like, can we can we skip the well, hyperinflation part and just go well, like, 99 is well, enough, let's stop. Well, well, that's not in a year, though. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how long. If it's a year, well, then you're talking about hyperinflation. Like, why wait? You, it's around the corner, and even well, if it's not like right around well, the corner, but at least it's not volatile. It can be relied upon to be worth less every year. Every year, yes, it reliably goes down every year. I well, think people see, hang on to this thing. Well, you see, fiat is actually us. We're the ones demanding that this be used as currency. No, we're not. So I don't know what the, you know the mm, the book definition of uh, hyperinflation is, but I believe. Uh, hyperinflation would be where, you know, you get your paycheck today and you better spend it all because you can't buy the same amount of goods with it tomorrow. We're not there yet, right? If you get a paycheck for $100, right, you can, like, you know, if you can, right, like, hold on to some of that all week long and it'll buy you about the same amount of goods all week long. All week long, sure. All month long, meh. Perhaps, but as we get to year long, eh, right? Yeah. So, so I think that hyperinflation, at least m- the modern definition, means that like it can't be worth the same amount tomorrow. 
right? Is is what I think where the well, hyper part is. What we're I seeing, mean, what we're seeing is inflation. We're seeing rampant inflation. We're seeing high inflation, and that's not just because people are like spending their money on weed. I think the difference really at this point is just a few products at the grocery store will be a higher price tomorrow. I mean, I guarantee you yeah. that much. They aren't coming down. Right. They are going up. A few of them. Whereas w- what people expect with hyperinflation is all of them are going up tomorrow. Right. But And we're also seeing like, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the name of it, shrinkflation. Right. Yep. right. Smaller uh, products. In, in concert with the large rate of inflation. Right? See, it happens slowly enough that they can redesign the bottle. <laughs> like I went to buy a, uh, it was like a, I don't know, a pound of, you know, some deli sliced chicken for sandwiches or whatever, right? And, uh, you know, the normal, the bag that you buy in the deli, I didn't go to the deli and get it freshly sliced so that they actually weigh a pound and, you know, give. I went to, you know, the pre-packaged uh, area of my local grocery store and went, oh, look, it's some sliced chicken. I'll buy a pound of it. Uh, little did I realize until I got home that the formerly 16-ounce package was now 14 ounces. Mm. Hyperinflation, real quick, uh, 50% per month. 50% per month. That's what it says. So I wonder where As originally we're, defined. I wonder where mm. we're at with USD in that. Like, I don't, I, so, I that, don't feel like, like, like if I had, uh, you know, a thousand bucks, I feel like I could buy about the same amount of goods at the beginning of the month as I could at the end. Yeah. But if it costs 1500 bucks by the end, uh, well, then. then, yeah, then, okay, sure. Yeah. And then once it drops below that, that's the end of that hyperinflationary period. Yeah, the canary in the coal mine for me is the dollar store. So they have oh, when to they move. went to a buck twenty-five, right? So here's uh, and here's something I think to track: how long do they get to hold it at a buck twenty-five? Because there's going to be a point right. where they're like, you know, we just can't do this anymore. Yeah, like they, you know, they had to have plenty of meetings to be like, okay, how far can we go with this? Okay, look, we just cannot do another uh, another quarter of holding our prices at a dollar. Well, and also remember that with the dollar store, like the buck twenty five part of it is what preceded the buck twenty five is was the lowering of quality to keep everything at a buck. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So as everything got worse. So did the stuff at the dollar store Well, as far as quality is concerned because you couldn't get that quality for the same price anymore. Right. And here's the thing. The quality didn't go up. No, they moved it to a buck 25. They kept like they're already at the bottom. Right. They have scraped the bottom of the quality barrel. That's what I'm saying. Which means they're going to have to keep looking at that and keep watching. Okay. At this bare bone quality of near nothing. How long can we hold the 125 yeah. price? And at some point, they're going to have to move it again. Yeah. Uh, dear people who own and operate anything that resembles a dollar store, the dollar store, the family dollar, Dollar Tree, Dollar General, Dollar General, and right, all these kinds of places, um, I think that the right move for you financially is because I've been to these places and not everything in there is a dollar. Well, Dollar Tree it was. Is right. it Dollar Tree? Some of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dollar Especially Tree Especially when they see, first and, came. And see, hang on, I hang on. I don't count those as I, dollar stores. I, I want to finish my statement. Um, when these stores first came out, yes, every there was a store called Everything is a Dollar. And yes, yep. indeed, everything in there was a dollar. I think if you're going to move forward as a business, particularly with inflation the way it is, that what you're going to have to do in order to maintain the dollar singular in your business name 
is to just charge $1 for people to either join your club or to get in the door, like a cover charge or something like that. Yeah, it's the dollar store, and that way we can offer stuff less expensive than the other places so they're not pigeonholed into trying to make everything a dollar. Right, they, where they have to have like lost leaders well, and all that stuff. They're not anymore because everything in every dollar store is more than a buck. I don't know about that. I haven't been to one in a while. Well, but Dollar like, Tree, I would... Dollar Tree, everything is a dollar twenty-five now. Right. Everything? Yes. Because everything was a dollar. They they cut the the quality of it as far as they could. Did they change their name to Dollar Twenty Five? No, tree? it's still the Dollar Tree. Well, then they're false advertising. Oh, both. really? Yeah. Because Dollar General, do- all of those family dollars. They oh five dollars, ten dollars, seven. Yeah, but those, those are different, right? Like so, like it, the store that was called Everything's a Dollar. Like that's false advertising if everything in there is not a dollar. Sure. Right. If something okay. in there is two dollars or a dollar twenty five, pretty sure that store doesn't exist. That's, that's well, it did at some point. It did, and it's almost like the Federal Reserve means that we couldn't keep yeah. nice things like well, that which anymore. is neither federal and it doesn't have any. But do- Dollar Tree was the last holdout of everything in there was a buck. Yeah, and then they went. We can't sustain this anymore. Everything's a buck twenty five. Sorry. Uh, let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. I believe this is Gigi in South Carolina. Gigi, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Number one, my husband and I received two more letters from Mr. Freeman. Wow. Nice. Yes. Now, we have a question, please, Captain, Mm -hmm. because he said in one letter that on the 19th of December this past week, he had a hearing to inform him as to where he would be relocated. Do we know that address yet? Um, the address, the, the hearing on the nineteenth, it has been postponed, to my knowledge. Okay. And okay. I don't have the the new date as of yet. Okay. Well, I of course responded. We will mail. Hold on, please. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Pardon me for coughing in your ear. Use the cough button. Um, we will mail we our do. response letter to Mr. Freeman Tuesday to the same address as we have presently. Yes. And secondly, once again, my husband and I finished watching a super flick with Gene Hackman and Mikhail Baryshnikov called Company Business about Russian and American spying. And as we saw the end of the movie, we looked at each other and we said, yes, perfect title, business as usual. Instead of working cooperatively, amicably, jointly for the betterment of science, medicine, technology, infrastructure, engineering, the same crap still goes on with every government. Now we have the European Union and everybody is still looking out for for themselves spying on each other and they are so-called allies so nothing has changed <laughs> you got that's it. why i paid attention and i thought about what you and richie always emphasize no government because it's always the same even though the players change i learned something this evening from you guys Oh well, thank you so well, much. Let let me play devil's advocate again. Of then international relations for twenty two years down in Florida, but I take my hats off to you, gentlemen. I learned something. Let's let's play devil's advocate again. Then 
um, in at least corporate American capitalist business structure, right? The the competitors are competing against each other yes. for your dollar. They right? sometimes, about that in most the movie times, as well. There there depends are, on which field. I mean, if you think that uh, J.P. Morgan and uh, Wells Fargo are competing against each other, no, they are far more colluding than competing against each other. They well, in, they in far as Jesus thinks, that would be a good thing. Nature, then. exactly what you are touching upon in the movie. I'm just saying, competition breeds uh, innovation, generally, mm-hmm. right? If you, you know, if you if you take out the competition aspect of things, then innovation is stifled, right? Because well, no one's trying to outcompete the others. Espionage and uh, I'm trying to use the proper phrase academically: entrepreneurial espionage. Sure. I learned a lot from this movie. Right, but why is it? Why do we? Why do we elevate it within the corporate structure, and denigrate it within the government structure? Oh, that's a good point. Aren't they one and the same essentially? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm saying you would want if if you believe in the government system, you would want governments competing with each other, right? For for, for if anything, oh, citizens. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, as I said, I take my hats off of to you guys. I learned something. It's I, uh, always important to keep an open mind, listen to other perspectives, because somewhere along the line, you can learn and still grow intellectually. So I take my hats off to you guys, and I say thank you. Uh, you yeah, are I'd, welcome. Uh, I'd one- say I'm way more concerned with when they when uh, different governments cooperate and when the Republicans and Democrats cooperate. That is when the most scary oh. things come out. Oh, yeah. What about the newly elected libertarian quote unquote. president of Argentina who quote now unquote. has banned political demonstrations? I love it. Like, I, I'm for any step in the direction of, um, you know, the abolition of the institute known as government. And if that means, you know, disassembling, uh, you know, taking offline uh, a bunch of different departments within a government, I'm for it. Uh, increasing social welfare. And like the only, well, uh, so like... Yeah, shame there, on you, Richard. There, there are, That's what he did. There are there, there are issues with what he's doing. However, comma, uh, there has been nothing like this in history oh, yeah. since I've been alive. So I am paying attention to it. I'm not, you know, shouting from the rooftops. Look at how awesome this guy is because I'm not sure. I like he says a lot of things that yeah. I that I think sound cool, and he's doing some things that I think are pretty cool. So far, as far as disassembling, you know, organizations in certain areas, in the government yeah, in certain areas. Democratic president of Ukraine, who just gets more and more and more money from good old USA is banning free elections. But yet, he's a democratically elected official. And trying to conscript old people so they have more frontline fighters. No comment. <laughs> Israel is doing the same with reservists. It's just as disgraceful. Hey, I want to uh, go back to your question about Ian Freeman and his yes. rescheduled hearing. Okay. Uh, so the date for his hearing that had been scheduled on the 19th uh, was canceled, uh, and as of December 17th, we had no update. Uh, however, I'm looking at an update now. This is not official. I don't. This is uh, from an individual that I think has the right information, but I haven't verified this myself. Uh, he says uh, Ian's restitution hearing 
this is where the government decides uh, how much money they're going to rape Mr. Freeman for for the no victims uh, that that apparently are involved in this case uh, has been rescheduled for January eighth at ten a.m. So he will be where he is until then. At and least then he will be transferred. Yeah, I think least. that there's one other. I don't know if it's a hearing, but some other procedural thing that needs to happen after this restitution hearing yes. before he actually yes, there will be. gets moved there will be. to a, a federal system. Due process. What I don't like about any of this, of course, is that I'm told, and again, uh, from a person I trust, I haven't verified this information, I'm told that uh, Ian is prevented from racking up what's known as good time or uh, good behavior is the old term they used to use for this, until he is in federal custody. So right now... That is correct. And that sucks because he's spending an enormous amount of time... Well, attorney can bring it up in writing, submit it, Mm -hmm. and argue it in a motion regarding serve time. Okay, so I imagine that... Because it will be white-collar, minimum security... Drug less L E S S. So if they because if they move law. him, does that mean all the appeals happen at a court where he's not going to have the same level of community support as he would at the New Hampshire courthouse? No, I don't believe that is that would happen. Yeah, I don't know that. It depends. If they on, move him, it depends on the location. I don't yeah. know that there's a federal penitentiary in New Hampshire. So where are they moving him to? I assume Mass. Okay. I assume the same place Aria is. Not necessarily, gentlemen. You'd be surprised. So if they if they move, let's let's say they move him to Arizona for whatever reason, Kentucky yeah. and he or appeals. Iowa. Right. It all depends upon where he is sent. Who makes that decision? I don't. Know. I don't care who makes the decision. It's I just want to know. The Bureau of Prisons makes well, it. Well, it would be of concern to his wife because right. she would want to be able to at least drive the distance to visit him. Understood, but so, I don't think they're going to make that determination based on Bonnie's preference. Well, to... I didn't say that that is how it's made. It's right. not so necessarily my, that my, will my point, to a federal can we for a second? in Massachusetts. They hold, could put him on a bus or a plane hold elsewhere. Gigi, hold, on, hold on for a minute. Go ahead, Richie. My point is that if they move him, wherever it is, I don't care if it's Kentucky, Indiana, Iowa, sure. who gives a darn, right? When he appeals this, as he's going to do, right, are those hearings then going to be held in an Iowa courthouse? And if so, he's not going to get the same community-level no, support it stays of activism. in the original jurisdiction. So he would be then transported from an Iowa jail cell to a New Hampshire courthouse for any hearing no, appeal here. that part would be done electronic, electronically by video, but the attorney would be arguing the motions at hearing at hearings motion calendars is the proper term in New Hampshire in the original jurisdiction and then would because the, that's where that's where the cause so where would we go to support Ian? causes plural of actions plural took place are those hearings public? Everything is public, criminal and civil. (laughs) The only thing that's never public is when it involves a juvenile who is is being tried as a juvenile, not a juvenile being tried as an adult. So we're going to go to the New Hampshire courthouse to watch Ian on the TV. 
Hey, Gigi, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160. If you want to call and comment about anything we've been talking about tonight or change the subject, bring up whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. More is on the way. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. If you've never heard of Free Talk Live before, you're new to this program, visit freetalklive.com to find out all about us and what we do. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Bigless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Uh, before we go on, uh, this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have or become a decentralized autonomous organization. And to this day, it continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury, and anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash master nodes. The master nodes then vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and easy to use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. That's Dash.org. All right. Um, Let's just go right away to some of your calls and thoughts. We have, I believe, this is Ricky from the Commonwealth calling. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. No doubt there, brother Captain. Brother Richie, Peakless Mountaineer, good evening. Good evening. evening. Yo. Well, before I go into my topic, I just wanted to say, if you ever get a chance to talk to Brother Ian there, Brother Captain, just let him know that Ricky from the Commonwealth loves him and he misses him, and he looks forward to him to him coming back to where he belongs real soon. Roger that. Consider the message relayed the next time I talk to him. You got it, brother. Thank you. Anyways, now on to the important phone call. Brother Richie. Yo. Hey. You know, I couldn't think of anything more on topic. You know, a couple of weeks back we were talking about certain predictions. Now, here's the thing. Here's what I'd like to do. I haven't forgotten. You know, in Peakless, you had a great idea, and I just didn't have chance. 
But here, I want to reiterate my predictions, and then we speak about terms. All right? Let's hear it. So here were the predictions. I'll run them past real quick, Richie, and then we'll talk terms. My predictions are that in, on around July of 2025, gas price is going to go beyond biblical epic proportions in price. Okay, second, by the end of 2025, the dollar will fall. And then third, by the end of the first quarter of 2026, we're going to have a new experiment. And that means that this country is going to become a third world country. Now, I did say as a caveat, I wasn't going to say it because I thought irresponsible. I thought maybe it's a good thing, though, that the only thing that can stop this is World War III. Now, that being said, my predictions will come true notwithstanding. Now, I thought Pete is right, and I think we should make the bet in dash. Sounds appropriate, you know, uh, Captain? Uh, well, first of all, your, your predictions are vague. Right. No, they're not vague. They're well, accurate, brother. What vague? Oh, Louis well, no, 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 no. Hold on. on as much as I hate to agree with Richie Rich, and you know I do, <laughs> he has a point here. That <laughs> we need to know. We need to know what you mean. As- astronomical prices. It means they're going to be so sky high. No, we Put need a number. Dollar, we need a number. Oh, come on. No. No, this is a bet. Otherwise, we're going to get to 2026, and you're going to be like, they were astronomical, and he'll be like, they were not astronomical. They were just absurd. No, 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 no. All I'm saying, okay, here. Put it this way. (laughs) The economic oblivion one will be enough for this bet to be satisfied. That will happen, and so will the others. Okay, what do you now, mean economic oblivion? How do you measure that? We need uh, objective a, a country, measurements, a, a or we can't make a bet. Uh, well, you met, you don't listen to the show enough. That's the problem, Rich. The sequence <laughs> knows very well what I'm talking about. Three, you still got to put a number on it. 30 million people become a third world country. That's an economic oblivion as a result of the dollar falling at the end of 2025. So what what does the dollar fall to by the end of 2025? El Zippo. And so, it's due to the gold because so it's going to fall like Goliath. another penny. You didn't listen. You didn't listen to my uh, predictions back the night. Well, this sounds great. Like whatever, whatever the bet amount is, you just owe that to Richie in dollars, and then he no, owes no, you no, something in dash. dash no, 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 no. We'll use dash. It's the other way. The dollar's going to be worthless. We'll use dash. So what's the bet? How many dash? Well, if well, it's worthless, the then you can get as much of it as you want. No, no, here's the thing. We're going to, to make it appropriate, because, you know, things do fluctuate in, in the amount of dash. So I'm saying we're going to do They fluctuate in the amount of dash as it relates to the dollar. If you're going to settle this in dash, it has to be like a fixed amount of dash. Don't worry. The dollar's not going to fall until the end of 2025, Richie. At the beginning of 2025, that's where we're going to make the monetary bet. Wouldn't make sense to do it now because it may be more or less the amount in crypto. No, that's why you just make it in a fixed amount of crypto. If you want to bet like five dash, I don't know what dash is worth. All right. Okay. We could do it now. We could do it now. How much is five dash worth? Current pres- uh, present market value. It's like thirty ish. Thirty ish. Okay. Uh, per dash. $30? Per dash. Yeah. So one hundred fifty ish. So f- five dash then. Okay. You are okay. So you five. Want to do what it, okay, we can do that. We can. Uh, that's, that's worth uh, about one hundred and sixty six dollars and twenty five cents. That's per and dash. Say, and what I'll no, say, no, no. Uh, five dash. Five dash. Okay. Yeah. So right, five wait, dash. Ricky from the Commonwealth. And we'll make the bet, uh, and I will make the, make sure you'll have yours on your end. I'll have mine on my end at sure. the beginning. Say I don't know about February. Say at twenty twenty five. Whatever. I probably have more view. than that right now, just because my 
Free Talk Live stipend. There you go. But Does that sound fair around February 2025? We'll put the money on the line? No, let's put it on the line right now. If you bet well, five dash, no, I will bet you five dash. Right he, he might not right have now. five dash right now. Well, you now. better get it now before the dollar goes to Bolivian. Right. Dude, that's <laughs> not going to happen until the end of 2025, Richie. Well, then you have plenty of time to acquire five dash. Right, but in the at the end of 2025, dash might be worth $1,000 each. No, I like where Ricky's going with this. In February, we need to have this put in escrow. I'll put it in escrow. If I got it, I'll put That's it in escrow right idea. now. I, I like care. it. That's exactly what I'm saying. There we there. go. Okay, okay. No so doubt. Richie's already got his five dash. Ricky from the Commonwealth is acquiring his five dash by February, and then we will put both of them in escrow. Okay. And that, right. and by the end of 2025, the dollar has to be valued at zero. Right. No. What will happen is it will be dollared by zero, but see, the, the third prediction is what's important. By the end of the first quarter of 2026, we're going to be in economic oblivion. What does that That's mean? The third one got to go. Well, what does that mean? Yeah, we need objective well, okay, measures or we can't make a bet Richie. there. Well, we, we, we're only, right now we're only betting show. on the value of the dollar because you didn't give, well, me, a, no, no, you didn't no, no, give no. me a number for gas no, prices. Richie, Richie, you didn't define economic oblivion. First of all, that means that we will be a, a third world country. Peakless knows very well because we actually discussed this because of the gold with bricks and okay. the back currency. So can we define fact, third world oh, country? By the way, just for the record, that night when uh, Saudi Arabia and yeah. Egypt joined first BRICS quarter twenty twenty six GDP on, drops on. below. Show. Okay, hold 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 on, on hold on. I got it. I got it. I got when it. I went on that night. So, well, hold, hold on, on Richie. Let me right. let me ask you. Let me ask you. Okay, yeah. how about this? Okay, so right now, America is the economic powerhouse of the world. It is number one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If it is not number one by the end of 2025, then you owe Ricky from the Commonwealth your five dash. But if it is still number one in the world as measured by GDP and all of that, then uh, Ricky owes you five dash. Is this uh, but a... I can't, but wait a minute, hold on. I said a third prediction. That's that we will be in economic oblivion. I'm talking so five dash per prediction. Venezuela. Okay, well, but, uh, do you have a better specific thing that you can point to and say yes or no? What if Venezuela rebounds? Because, I mean, look, if any of this doesn't happen, in theory, you owe Richie Rich. But if Make all three of them that. occur, then Richie Rich owes you. Yeah, but there's the thing, economic oblivion, that will happen, Peakless. Now, you know you were on that night. But he won't you define know, it. You know that Brother Ian said my analysis of the BRICS alliance was correct and what happened. So Richie's going to have his share of problems. I do think that I do think that you are uh, you assume that the BRICS alliance will be way more trusting of each other and efficient because it requires both those things in order to get an actual BRICS currency rolling. They have to actually be effective and there has to be a level of trust between those countries that basically do not have all their poop in a group as it is. So this is so I think that so I think that the BRICS currency will happen. It's just yeah. gonna take some time so this is a good well, bet for me you know yeah i think i, I think I, this is make a good it 10 bet for dash you. five dash ten, per ten prediction dash. ten dash five oh, well, dash so per prediction that, repeat that repeat that well, five, five dash. dash per prediction would be uh 15 dash well but it can be mm-hmm. either or it doesn't have to be all of them right or all of them wrong okay no that's great okay five dash 
per prediction. And let's get specific metrics for what does and does not count as America being a a third world country, economic oblivion, and what was the third one? Uh, The price of gas. Yes. Okay, yeah, and we can get like a numerical. I don't care what order it is. You're making three predictions. Let's let's, let's make it simple. The gas price is going to go so high. And by the way, the put a number on it. Right. Second, second prediction is the dollar will fall down. No, 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 no. Wait, stop right there, Ricky. Go back to the gas prices. Yeah. The gas price will be above how much in U.S. dollars? By what date? I don't know. It'll be. So are we talking at least 100 bucks? Well, I'm talking oil prices in general, so the whole thing will be so sky high you can't handle it. Okay, if oil prices skyrocket, then gas prices will also skyrocket. Skyrocket. We can can see at the pump with our own two eyes what that number says, and do you think that that's going to be three digits or more in U.S. dollars? I I think it'll be I think it'll be, oh shit we'll be, oh, oh, oh come on Pa, don't drop me oh anyway. man I I kind of have to Ricky talk to you next week no, talk to you next drop. week man uh see what happens have, you get a bunch of guys together and a, they start locker room talking um yeah making bets grab them by the stars and bars <laughs> I'm having a bit of a technicality with my headphones here i'm going to try and all he's got to do is put like a number on it right like i'm not i'm not generally a betting man but this seems like a sure thing Mm. based on his absence of fundamental definitions ordinarily i'd agree with you but i honestly cannot see any of what's going to happen after march Okay. Yeah, but there he, there are so many things that are all clustered together that are working together this March that okay. I cannot see the economic future past that. Got it, it could be business as usual, and I th- or it could be oblivion. And I th- I think the the time frame for like Bolivian, I'm just going to do the Mike Tyson thing because you're laughing at it, is too short for these things. Right. We'll, we'll the get- economic Bolivar will rise. <laughs> the Bolivian. Right, the, not oblivion. Right, not oblivion. Bolivian. I want to eat his children, turn him into Bolivian. Whatever he said. <laughs> Either way, right. So, so the dollar goes to zero. You start talking like this. Okay, that's likely not going to happen. Right. We we did we we went we went through the Amero stage several years ago. Early conspiracy theorists. Oh uh, yeah. Hey, do you the remember Amero. the Amero? Yeah. Right. The dollar's not going to go to zero. It's going, yeah. you know, not in the next year and a half. It's you know, 1% based on what it was in 1913, fine, right? But it's it's still going to have value somewhere down the line, right? right? Yeah, I least, think this idea of going to zero is mostly not a thing. Like, so it does occasionally bet. happen, Zimbabwe, that went to zero. Well, one one trillionth yeah. of a whatever, and, but you could still get it. And you guys it. are, like, if we talk about... Going to a trillionth of it, that is not going to zero. I get it, so safe bet is, there. Safe bet. If we talk about like uh, something tangible and real that common folk can, you know, sort of wrap their brains around. In uh, when I was 16, 19, 88, 89, whenever that was, cigarettes were $1.25 for a pack. Okay. Right. Now they're 10 bucks. Sure. So I don't know what the math is there, but to me, that's an astronomical, uh, you know, increase in okay. price. Agree. Right. So a tenfold increase in gas would be astronomical for that one. If yeah, no, that, was, that was my backup question is like, okay, are we talking three digits? If he'd have said no, all right. All right. Are we talking two digits? 
Are we talking thirty dollars for gas? Right. So if gas is and I don't would know, you still four make bucks the a best? gallon? Tenfold would be what forty bucks a gallon? Forty bucks a gallon. I yeah, mean, now there's a serious question. There, there's Mike, a number, you, and that's what we're looking for. I would, still, I would still, I would still make that bet because there's there's too much political pressure to keep that number down. Right? I think that depends. No, I think that wildly depends. So, like right now, there is a tremendous clash between uh, the, the sort of World Economic Forum uh, communist faction of America and sort of not that, the more like fascist elements of America. Sure. Like there's an actual fight going on. Now, if the communist elements get their way, they right. will absolutely make $30 a gallon gasoline at some point pretty soon. And, at, and, and they'll be happy to make sure that you have to ride your bike to work or get a new job. And Biden is already releasing some of the American strategic reserves to kind of mitigate prices as it is. So if the, if there's enough political pushback on like, we can't do this, we're not going to go to work, right? We're not going to ride our bikes. It's New Hampshire. It snows. No one's going to be riding. The, no one's going to be commuting by bike to work, right? There, there will be political pushback. They'll open up fracking or any of the other reserves, Right, they'll buy it from other nations that aren't part of OPEC. They'll, you know, they'll artificially bring that price down. Yeah, right, I mean, it, it, it is really important for people to know that the the same mechanism that keeps diamonds expensive keeps gas expensive. It's artificially set. Yes, it's artificially right. set. It's artificially uh, capped in both this country and other countries. Right. Uh, the means by which you can get it, and whether or not you can get a permit for drilling, and all of these things. So at fifteen dollars a gallon, no one goes to work because it costs more to drive to work than what you're getting paid, right? right. Or close to that. And so that that shuts down the economy. They'll fix the gas thing, and then in comes the well, captain who maybe. invents snow tires it, for bicycles. Again, we're talking well, no, about no, no, like no, the next on. year let's, and let's, a half. Well, okay, great. Let's look at a wow, year and a half. Okay, right. so what if at the same time that they're at, that they're upping this over fifteen dollars a gallon, so yep. it is prohibitively expensive to get to work? They are also subsidizing uh, uh, buses and uh, subways and all of that stuff. Because you have to remember how much of the voter base is in cities, and buses work fine there, Okay, and it's good for the planet. So, You've got to appease the sky gods, or they will increase the temperature by one degree centigrade. So where are, we, where are the gas prices we're talking about? Is it national average? Is it local average? Is it Pennsylvania? Is it New Hampshire? Right. We don't have the infrastructure to run a train. They're going to have to build that. No, From what I've seen in Hawaii and their rail system, that's a 30-year project. Hey, uh, They're not going to do anything anytime soon. Well, and that, and, the next and that tends to be the way that this runs is that they make the gas prices extremely high and then they subsidize it where they want your economic activity. If you're a, let's call it, essential worker, like, for example, growing food, then they'll give you a government subsidy for your gas to bring the prices back to something reasonable. Okay. But are, if you're not an essential worker, then they're not going to help you. Are either well, then you're on you, welfare because you're not going to go to work. Well, you should have lived in a 15-minute city to begin with. Are either of you familiar with the carnival ride the bumper cars yeah and and have you looked at like how they actually function they're electric Mm. electric well in the roof right so they have a pole sticking out of the back with a little metal curved bar that touches the roof and when it does it conducts electricity Mm -hmm. that makes the car go uh i don't know if you know this uh, and I don't know however many other big cities this is the case in, but when I was in Seattle, all of their city buses are what they call dual fuel. They're either diesel or electric. Mm-hmm. 
when a bus travels outside of the downtown, quote-unquote, Seattle area, I don't know who defines these things, uh, It's it only works on, you know, we'll call it fossil fuel, right? Diesel or gas or whatever, right? Mm. But once it enters the downtown area, it has two bars that raise up from the roof of the bus and touch upon these cables that are suspended from the air all over downtown and are now powered by electric so as to eliminate, yeah, a, um, uh, eliminate emissions. How long yeah, there did it was take a, to get that a, started? What they called a light rail in Denver. Yeah. That's uh, basically the same idea. You have Seattle a train. Seattle has light rail as but, well. But, uh, yeah, it, it runs basically but like bumper cars. <laughs> the Seattle light rail up until... How long did it take to get those projects from start to finish? I don't know. It was there when I got there in 96. Was it so... more than 18 months? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, probably. So on Rick, sure. Ricky's time scale, you're yeah, not going to do so this that... in everywhere in America... In the next 18 months. Well, and, and it's irrelevant anyway, because we're talking about, like, most of the... Oh, energy, I knew it was irrelevant when I brought it up. Yeah, most... <laughs> That's why I brought it up. Well, if I, we're going to talk about irrelevancies, then what we should have just, is a system of bumper you, cars, except oh, the well, antennas should go all sexless. the way to space. I was sitting... And if they go all the way to space, then we can look, just man, harvest the space radiation. Look, brother, I was sitting here listening quite peacefully to the Richie Rich and Peakless Mountaineer show. And you guys said something, and I was like, oh, hey, I got a bumper cars. Bumper cars and, like, you know, electric buses or whatever. And so in order to get a word in edgewise, I had to sort of interrupt you. No, again, it's a a fine idea if you think that that's what's going to happen. The question is, is it going to happen within Ricky's time frame? No, it's not. And it's not. So, again, that's another safe bet. Well, not necessarily. Okay. So... Seriously, you can have a system where gas, as far as you and I go, is $30 a barrel. Completely unusable. But they do subsidies for all of the things that they've decided are essential. Understood. But there are more there are more non-essential workers that will throw a fit, vote otherwise, protest, storm the Capitol, whatever. Well, it's not it's, like they count the votes. I got it. But they, they'll, they'll be counting the bullet chills. Right? At, at some point, it gets I, to I, that. Oh, I think we proved in 2020 that there is pretty much no amount of stomping on people's rights that will get them to do anything. <laughs> okay. So pe- um, yeah. so they're going to have to subsidize Sadly. people then. They're, whoever's working. Oh, it's almost like people will call for a, uh, a a universal basic income with a central bank digital currency. I'm sure they won't do that. Even if they, if they do that, fine. Right? Because no, no one's working. Gas prices is irrelevant. The only people who are pumping it are essential workers. The price goes down for them anyway. All right. There won't be people pumping gas because the cars will just drive themselves to the gas station and automatically get filled up through some yeah. new automated process that yeah. doesn't yet exist. Probably in like five to ten years, yeah. not in 18 months. Or True. or some like, uh, oh, man, this. I'm sorry. I just had a whole other thought surrounding this. I was watching sports ball. Right, uh, this past Eagles weekend. And the Panthers. Oh. Um, no, I don't remember oh. what it was, but uh, maybe it was the Thursday night game. And do you guys remember the whole Domino's story about them filling potholes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Domino's Pizza ran a commercial during, I believe it was Thursday night football, on Amazon Prime. Uh, yes, where they are now going to be plowing otherwise unplowed streets during the winter for people who are snowed in. You want to talk about the roads? Give us a call. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is on the way. 
I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Who told you you're going to explain? You can't do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring Simon to the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable here, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Who do you think you Excuse are? me. There is no video or audio allowed in this no, I have work today. This is you ain't gonna make. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa! Hey! Oh my God! Unbelievable! Because you're scared. What am I being detained for? What is this? What is this? Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the wind. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. Yes, it is Free Talk Live, the Saturday night edition. The telephone number in the studio is 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Bakeless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Uh, We've been talking about, well, a crappy birthday to the Federal Reserve, which is neither federal and it uh, doesn't really have any reserves. Uh, 110 years ago, they put this thing into place, and it removed the U.S. dollar off of the gold standard. Uh, not necessarily completely in 1913, but eventually. I think in 19... When was the... 33, 32. When was the, the uh, actual gold standard? Gold res- standard uh, the rest oh, of it was uh, 70s. Uh, that would be Nixon. Nixon, uh, thank you. 71, yes. I think? When it finally, like, all the way. Because there were okay. still, like, silver certificates. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, 19, yeah 19, that. I think it was 33 was yeah. when uh, ordinary right. uh, gold was, uh, number one, made illegal. Right. And number two, no longer something that people could get for dollars. Right. But countries could still get gold for dollars. Up until the 70s. Up until, yeah, I think it was 71. So the Fed's unchecked power fabricates money with impunity, bestowing upon an insidious tool for control over markets, individuals, and governments alike. Fractional reserve banking, another offspring of the Fed system, permits banks to lend out money multiples larger than what they hold in their actual reserves. So to the lay people out there and the people who don't have never delved into economics... You might think that when you go to the bank and you want to borrow $10,000 to buy a used car, that they have $10,000 in the safe at that bank, and then they check your credit and they check your job and, you know, they make a few calls, send some emails, whatever it is, and they go, oh, yeah, your credit score looks fine. Here's $10,000. You might think that they pull that money out of that safe and then credit it to your account. That's not what happens. The fact is that they do make all those calls and emails or whatever, and then they just literally manufacture $10,000 into your account out of thin air with the press of a button. That's all that happens. The most amazing thing is that sometimes they go out of business, even though they have this power. This alchemy of finance amplifies the initial injection 
of new, a.k.a. counterfeit money, creating a house of cards where the ratio of actual assets to debt becomes increasingly precarious. This fractional reserve system thrives on the illusion of wealth creation while etching a reality of perpetual debt enslaving future generations. So uh, the creature is 110 years old. Uh, No, sorry, crappy birthday, Federal Reserve. Uh, I wish uh, an enormous amount of bad things upon you. Uh, I hope that the next phone number you get is one digit away from an all-night taxi service, uh, among other things that uh, I'd rather not say on the radio. And all that being said, I agree with you, Captain. I don't think that's going to happen by 2026. So I'm going to take a controversial stance. Oh. Oh. And among libertarians. Not a pro-troversial? Yeah. And say that at the moment, the Federal Reserve is our friend. Ooh. Go on. Yeah, that's right. Those are the daggers you I, should be staring at me. I, I, where, where am I? Am I <laughs> have I gone through a dimensional portal as... Are you really peakless mountaineer? I know. It's a wild claim. But hear me out. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. So right now... That's a pretty bold boast. Okay. So here's here's the basic idea. I think that it is better (gasps) to have two very powerful evil people claiming power over your life that then fight each other than have one evil powerful entity that claims rule over your life unopposed. Oh, okay. And if I'm right, then it's a better thing to have the Federal Reserve fighting the European Central Bank over who gets to be the great lord over the world's currency. Is the Okay, mm. so is the presumption then that if the Federal Reserve didn't exist, the European Central Bank would like take over the United States? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, without a doubt. How so? Oh uh, well, through the uh, World Economic uh, Forum uh, plan, uh, okay, like, no, they've no, pretty no, much they, detailed I'm, out exactly how they're going to become the bank of the world. And the Federal Reserve has said, "Excuse me, that is currently our job, and we are not giving it up." I'm, I'm doing that thing that uh, uh, statists who uh, haven't studied economics uh, or looked at the outputs of governments do. Uh, they immediately jump to like. Who would build the roads? Who? Yeah. And so I'm doing something similar to similar to that when you say uh, the European European what am I European right? Central Union. Bank. Jeez, thank you, European ECB. Central Bank uh, would take over the United States. And like, I'm like, how? Like to me, it's like overnight, right? It's like instant days. Yeah, pretty much. Like, but like, no, it would take some period of time for that to actually occur. First, the Federal Bank, Federal Reserve would need to dissolve or otherwise go away in some way, shape, or form, and then things would have to be put into place and like start moving to see something else adopted that would allow the European central banks to have you know the majority of the currency well, distributed here in the U.S. What would our currency be denominated in? Euros, exactly. Yeah. Okay. No, so, so you can't you can't get an entire generation of Americans to go on the metric system. And overnight they're going to be like, oh yeah, this just costs sure, fifty sure euros. They can. All they need to do Actually, is get kind of yeah. All they need okay. to do is I mean, get like, so euros peakless. are are at about peakless. the same level as dollars. So yeah. All right. Wait, no, that's the wrong oh, guy. That's that's you muted wrong, me. Right. That's the wrong guy. Um, all they would need to do. I'm going to unmute you again now. Uh, all they would need to do is get some young uh, female singer to do a cover of Bonnie Tyler's "I Need a Hero." 
but changed the words to "I need a euro." That's a sandwich. And, no euro, oh, as in. And the that was euro. worth muting your co-hosts to tell. <laughs> okay, some jokes are worth it. I, I don't know if you know this, but you do have a habit of talking over people. What? No. <laughs> if that were the case, there would be a so podcast anyway. that was famous for that. <laughs> you, you've you've got a, a full country of like red-blooded Americans. Who yeah. won't even touch a peso. Dude, they all watch Monday Night Football because of the broad who sings that tune, right? I don't care you who know? sings the tune. What I'm saying is like they're gonna they're gonna introduce the Euro overnight and the dude's gonna be like okay with it. Well, it's a one for one replacement, right? Is it? Well, I mean that's what they would tell you. Okay. Yeah, pretty right? much. I'm just thinking from the uh perspective of the propagandists trying to implement the change. Yeah, and I'm right? thinking, like, I'm thinking oh, about you the have hillbilly. $10,000 in your bank, you'll just have 10,000 euros, and so big deal. And I'm thinking about the hillbilly selling moonshine down on the creek. Okay. Well, let's let's run this possibility. Okay, let's say Ricky from the Commonwealth is right, and this happens within 18 months, or let's call it just as close to overnight as possible. Okay. Okay, all of a sudden, uh, all of the infidelities of the Federal Reserve are laid bare for the world stage, and all of the countries say, you know what? You can't keep your books. We're not going to trade for dollars anymore. So... All of the imports must be done in some other currency. They will no longer allow you to buy anything from overseas for dollars. Okay. Okay. So what do you think would happen? All the rednecks would be like, good, buy American. Okay, great. Made in America. Where's my MAGA hat? And they can go ahead and starve. They won't starve. No, they literally can't get a MAGA hat. Those are made in China. (laughs) Well, that's they literally can't get a MAGA hat anymore. But they could trade some moonshine for one. Right. So, Or for dollars that still are in cash that's still in circulation. They're not going to give it up. So then the European Central Bank steps in and says, you know what? We will give you dollars on the dollar for all of your contracts that were denominated in dollars. We will allow them to be denominated in euros instead. We will honor everything. Because Billy Joe has a contract for dollars with his local moonshiner. And sure, you're right. Some people would resist the change. Yeah. And they would I, suffer everyone tremendously. Ca- everyone, everyone calling themselves a conservative in America would resist the change of going to a euro. Mm, I don't think it's not Billy if Joe, the American government. Jim Bob. Okay, whatever. Jim Bob, yeah. I couldn't think of a redneck name quick enough. Jim if Bob. the American government endorses it. If, you know, Biden or whoever says, you know what, we really do need to do this to save the country, it is the patriotic move to do. They're not going to listen to the Joe Biden. They they stormed the Capitol when they thought he was going to be president. Mm. So some of them will, some of them won't. Right. The ones that don't will not be able to buy anything from anywhere with dollars. They will be able to purchase from each other for yeah. however long that lasts. I mean, you're also talking, you're, you're, you're pitching this, but you're also like within a community that's voluntarily moving off the dollar, trading in cryptocurrency and, and gold backs mm-hmm. on a very small level on principle alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that these people who are anti-Democrat, anti-Biden, anti-Europeans, right, are, will do the same with the dollar until they no longer have physical dollars at their at their grasp. I think that it will be a very short period of time before the suffering economically is enough for them to make some change or another. Are we now are they we might suffering? start they might in fact start using gold. Yeah, are are we suffering here by using uh gold backs and crypto? I'm not. All right. 
In fact, using Goldbacks and crypto has helped to enrich my life in ways I never okay. thought possible until I moved here. Well, and using uh, crypto in particular has certainly not stood in the way of uh, any kind of international trade. Okay. So Whereas if all of the countries say we will no longer allow dollars to be traded for the goods of this country. The, that, the, only, the only place that that would affect would be your importers trying to get foreign goods. That's everything. We don't have a manufacturing base in this country. Well, you're saying we have zero exports? The United States doesn't export anything. America's to primary export is financial nonsense. Okay, like seriously, finances is our yeah, no, biggest the, export. Oh, oh the United States death. is largely service industry. That's that's the main. Uh, if you look at the chart of GDP, sure, that's the largest chunk is service industry. Uh, and that means what? Uh, waiters, waitresses. It means call centers. It means customer service, customer support, tech support, uh, that kind of a thing. Go on. I mean, that's just that's it. That's my okay. Point. So when when yeah. when foreigners services, come to get services, good. when foreigners come to get services, if it's you know if you're saying it's a service industry, mm-hmm. tourism qualifies for that. They have to convert their euros into dollars. Mm-hmm. You'll have you'll have that flowing back and forth. That will then travel to the exporters, right? They'll get their euros from the foreigners who trade it for dollars. Yeah. They'll buy the imported goods. Well, and like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't traveled overseas recently, but doesn't Visa, MasterCard, like, take care of that for you already? So if I have a Visa in my pocket and I jump on a plane... You can pay a fee for it. And I jump on a plane and I go to uh, London or something, right? And I just show up at a pub and I order a pint and I sit down with some locals, we drink... They and then I go to it. and I go to pay with the visa in my wallet that was issued to me in the U.S. that I just use in the U.S. regularly, and I pay there. Don't they do all that conversion for they me? They charge you for it. There's a conversion fee associated with it. That's that's not the economic way to do it. The economic way to do it is to show up, find your local conversion bank, buy pounds or euros or whatever, yeah. spend that, spend as much of it as you can because it's going to be worthless when you come back to the United States, or you stop off at the bank, trade it back in. Yeah. You got to do that when you go to Canada. Drive up to Canada, you got to like find some place that trades for Canadian dollars because not every. I place... don't know that that's true. Now I again, did it when I went to Niagara Falls. Uh, we had to get Canadian money. What year? Twenty eighteen. Oh, okay, that's recent enough. Yeah, I, I'm just saying because like I spent well, even in Seattle, people would come back and forth from Canada all the time. There's it, you can do a day trip. You can charter not charter. There's boats that you just get on, and as long as you got a passport, you can go to Canada and come back in the same day. And the people right? that were doing it all the time probably just maintained both currencies. <clears throat> Or they traded it out, or they just paid the fee on Visa and MasterCard, or they didn't spend that much while I, they were there. I wonder what the trip. fee is. I don't if know. it's unreasonable or if it's reasonable. It's definitely unreasonable because they're going to take the cut for providing the service. Well, I mean, like on one hand, they're providing the service. So, right. okay. If it saves me the hassle of having to do jump through the hoops that you've described, which is go to, you know, exchange, like a literal exchange. Well, it's not like a right outside the airport, man. Like, you typically, we're in the airport. Well, Come in this particular case, you're on a boat. So, yeah. like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Or at the port then. But, you know, if it saves you from having to wait in line and having to deal with some bureaucratic hoops to jump through, yeah. Like, if it's a reasonable fee, I might just pay it for the okay. convenience. You I know mean, what I mean? The, the, going to Niagara Falls in Canada, it was a kiosk. It was like, trade your American dollars here. And yeah. then you did. Huh. And that was it. You're like, here's 20 bucks, and they give you 20 whatever value in Canadian. And then you go get some Canadian food and go on a Canadian right. tour or whatever. Let's give Peakless Mountaineer something to do. 
Uh, we've got uh, Skeeter calling. Oh. Skeeter, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, it's your boy, evolutionary capitalist, young Skeet. Hey, the uh, second most proficient evolutionary yet. capitalist. No, number one. Number two. I don't see a tattoo yet. And you have a tattoo? The plane. What, what do, wait, wait, wait. Do you have a tattoo? Do you have evolutionary wait, capitalist? Hold on, hold on. You can't just skip over that. What? You have a tattoo of evolutionary capitalist? No, I'm disciples. The leader doesn't have to get tats. Oh. But the show well, that's why I don't have the tattoo, because I'm the number one. It's a pretty solid oh, argument. You don't, you don't even brand know economics. Also, uh, if I remember my fight club correctly, the leader does have to get the permanent mark. He just has to give it to himself. His name was Robert Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. I'm the only one contributing contributing to the original theories. I don't hear anything original coming from that guy. And why Anyways, does Meatloaf um, never survive a movie? Honest question. Um, he did survive Pick of Destiny, at least assumably, because uh, when uh, young JB uh, ran away from home, you assume that the family remained intact in mm. Kickapoo. Mm. Boring. Hey, what what do libertarians know about economics anyways? <laughs> you guys keep bragging. You guys don't know one lick of economics, of real economics. Yep. We, we spend absolutely so no time there. studying economics. Yep. No, None no. at all. Because all you guys do is base your your behavioral theory on non-aggression, I mean, if which you, has if you, nothing to do with economics. If, if you want, like, if you want like academic even, credentials, I have a well, degree in economics. Keep, Does that help? What was that? I said, if you want well, academic credentials, I have a degree in economics. Skeeter, one more time. Go ahead, Rich. Yeah. I said, if you want academic credentials, I have a degree in economics. Oh, why are you so ignorant then? I'm not. <laughs> because he has a degree in economics. Boom! So, so for instance, Take that, so academia. For instance, then, then if you have a degree in economics, you'll agree with this, right? No. So I, probably I not. criticize libertarian theory a lot based upon... Uh, it's 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 whole basis is in prop in a property ethic, and its whole property ethic is built on a fallacy, and that fallacy is the sunk cost fallacy. I've heard you mention that before. You agree? Because, because I agree that we have mentioned the sunk cost fallacy oh before. Oh my god! I don't I don't know what you mean by that. You'd have to tell me what the premise is and why That's it violates the sunk cost. About economics. No, it's because you, you used a bunch of terminologies that you didn't define. You smashed them together. <laughs> Well, they don't you know, make sense. You yeah, you made a claim, but you didn't tell us know, what the example was. Oh, my was. God. You what, know what, what, do, what does it mean right? that the entire libertarian philosophy is built on the sunk cost fallacy? Well, first, you agree that libertarian theory is solely just a property ethic, right? Fundamentally, yes, it's based on it's property rights. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'll, I, right? I will so grant that premise. And that, that, theory, that property theory is solely based on who owns... Who, who did what in the past mm-hmm. and a real market does not care about what was done in the past about that property whether it's homesteading where it's rightful transfer which which should not exist in a market all it cares about is who utilizes that property more efficiently no. real property is all about no. stealing no. things from people no i reject okay property. thank so, you skeet i oh see the God. light pause oh there God. skeeter because i reject that um peakless might make that claim but now you're talking about sentences and then you can you can interject a, a little part for god's sakes you didn't even listen to like you, you're not listening to the whole point there's probably well, you're already wrong thing that i might cover right but you're well, already yeah, but wrong, wrong. You're, you're 
theoretically are going to base your next point on the premises that you've put forward, which is and already those wrong. Are wrong. It's, just a few, it's just a few more points because if you're wrong, you're interrupting me. If you're wrong about your 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 reje- your rejection, well, you're interrupting me. Then I object. And, and I'm gonna, Let me rebut. I'm right. the let's let Skeeter be wrong for a few more sentences. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, I got to take notes to cycle back to it. I've got a pretty good memory. It's fine. That's true. All right, go ahead, Skeeter. So. It's all based upon our, so the market does not care about who owned what in the past. It just care. It's just like an investment. You don't care what you paid for it, right? That's gambling. You can't say uh, right and then not expect a response because I reject it. Yeah, we disagree. can I go a little further? Okay, so does, so the market doesn't care about who did what in the past about what property. All it cares about is transferring it, and it'll do so with aggression or without, depending upon the actions of the current owner, right? And that's no. the rational thing. See, you said it's right all, again. So can't let him go on if he's asking a question. All about rationality, right? No, it's all about rationality. It's all about so, and rationality is based upon a, some type of prop, profit ethic. No. And I claim it's evolutionary profit. Go ahead. No. no, no, no. We disagree Jesus. with every point, including your most recent one, that property <laughs> is based on. Start, start with the base one. Okay, okay let's wanna, start with uh, that the market does not care who the rightful owner of a thing is. The market cares. No, so in order for there to be profit. trade, there has to be an exchange of rightful property for rightful property. Otherwise, no. you have something that is not a trade, even if it does masquerade as a trade. So now work backwards. You can have, you can have trade with aggression. So I can take something from no, you. No, you literally can't. They are, they are not mutually exclusive. I said, I said a transfer of property. I didn't say... I didn't there could really be a transfer of property through violence and, and yes, force. Then, well, I mean, kind of, but not exactly. Okay. So, so the thing is, you may have control over a thing yeah. without it being your rightful property. Sure. But if I steal your cup, I've got your cup. That's true. You don't have the right to my cup, though. And it wasn't, but I do have the cup. And you didn't actually get the property. You just gained control over it. So there's a difference between property and control. All right. If you can't take it back, it's that's his property. Like I think Rich agrees with me here. I don't know why he stopped here with his analysis, and he doesn't go further into why someone would protect property for someone else, or a group of people protect something for someone else. Because they get to paid for evolutionary it. profit, right? And I, I didn't really explain evolution. I know the other T fat guys know, but not Richie Rich. My 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 whole evolutionary capitalist like, brethren. You know, I'm they, your boy. I didn't know, but I didn't. I didn't explain. Well, anyways, it's not really. You didn't important, explain. Just, you had me, and I didn't explain. Let's use profit. Let's just use accounting profit as a proxy, right? It's a close proxy, so let's just use uh, monetary accounting profit, right? For what? For what just, purpose? It's not really it, but it's it's a good proxy. For what purpose? That, so why would you? So if we're on a deserted island, Crusoe economics, right? Oh god! And you have your property. I you have your your like. I have seventeen coconuts like, and you have a fish. The fringe case that'll never happen. Well, well, hold on, hold on. Let's yeah. let's let's stop there. Now, let's say two people are on a desert island. Now, those two people, since we're just cutting out all extraneous factors, those two people have two options of how they're going to deal with each other. Mm-hmm. Now, they can either respect each other's <laughs> property and negotiate. Or they can have a force-based relationship where one or both tries to dominate the other. And there's a third option. The third option is evolutionary capitalism, Peakless. No, there's a mix of those two. 
Okay, that's Did just a variation that? on force. All <laughs> mixtures are a variation on this force. So it's not black yes, and white. it is actually black and white. It either is forced in part, or it is not forced yeah. in any part. It's like the state uh, obfuscating their force by uh, having several layers of bureaucracy in between, right? No, oh, that, oh! That if you don't pay your taxes, no one's gonna come and kidnap you. Well, not at first. At first, they're going to send you some letters, this, and then they're gonna no, have somebody no, visit you. Forget that. I, I this is why we stop at every premise because we got like the last one, yeah. and now he's gonna take credit for like the three or four that came before that, right? And as good as my memory is, I don't remember what it was. Right. Let me introduce another economic concept that it's called opportunity cost, right? I still don't know. Before you you introduce opportunity cost, I still don't know how the libertarian property ethic is a sunk cost fallacy. I think that's where we were going. Because it relies on looking in the past upon who's the rightful owner of a property. That's not a sunk cost. It It really is not. That's not not what sunk cost means. When when I when if if I were like let's say the dem, the current democratic government which actually is somewhat libertarian which looks at oh, kind of who had who had who rightful they're more uh, revolutionary capitalists than libertarian you know sometimes well, I think I get high oh, but man. Skeeter is high get, I can't man. get a thought out I can't listen while I'm talking either oh well like, thankfully the segment is over just wait for evolution for to catch go. up to your brain. 603-283-6160. please give us a call if you're. More interesting than Skeeter. <laughs> and the phones are lit up. <laughs> <laughs> More free talk live. Hour number three is coming up. be fair he censored me in a failed attempt to censor oh, yeah, you. yeah and i did it again except i did mean to and yeah. anyway see the telephone number if you'd like to join us tonight is 603-283-6160 uh, we need you on the show because man i can't handle so skater. richie tell us again where you should shoot police oh listen I, to the june I, episode i can't several years ago i can't handle skeeter and so uh i'll put him on if y'all are here right and well, even then, here. and even then, not all the time, right? Because like, that, man, <laughs> that guy is overwhelming, man. I can't imagine. Like, I wonder what he does for his day day job. Does you know he have I mean? a day job? I, well, I assume he does, but who knows? I mean, he's in California. Maybe right? just because you libertarians sunk the cost of mixing your labor with nature doesn't mean you get to keep the effect of it. Maybe he's collecting the crazy money. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I mean, I mean he's he also admitted to being on the spectrum. So I assume that he is on the government dole. He is in California on the spectrum. He could be a Fed. Okay. You know what I mean? Calling into like, you know, hey, it's your boy Skeeter, to an- trying to be a mosquito. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that's what mosquitoes do, right? Okay. They bug you, right? And you swat I mean, them. 
he strikes me as one of those people that does the work of the feds for free. <laughs> Interesting. They they are technically called in spy jargon a useful idiot. You know, now that you mention it, have you watched the movie Richard Jewell? Mm-mm. Okay, watch that movie. It's a true story, but it's it's. I the, have not seen this. Okay, well, watch it then. Or that I'm aware of, anyway. What's, it's the what's guy. The it's a real guy. His name was Richard Jewell. Mm-hmm. He was like working security at some venue or concert, and he found an explosive and called it in, and it exploded. Oh! And he was a useful idiot because, like, the entire time he was proclaiming his innocence. And cooperating with the police, yeah. whose whole job was to incriminate him and pin this explosion on him, on him right. until he was like finally vindicated. Um, and that the useful idiot reminds me because like the whole time he's like, right, I'm, I'm, I work security, like I'm one of you guys, yeah. you know, like I'm cooperating any way I can, you know. And his lawyer's like, shut up, stop talking. He's like, no, you know, we're, we're doing this, we're doing that, like no, this they're on our side, right, right, yeah. And I kind of feel, you know, sometimes... The police would never enforce an unconstitutional law. I Sometimes, in conversations with my boss, I feel like he's like Richard Jewell, right? Because he's always on the side of the people who's against him, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, why would you be on their side? Right, They're yeah. actively yeah. working against you, and he feels some, like, moral or ethical obligation to support his enemies. Speaking of people working against you... Are you guys aware that uh, President Joe Biden has signed the country's largest ever military budget into law? I saw the headline. You mean that he outdid Trump? He did. Unsurprising. Uh, this from RT.com. Biden signs off on record U.S. military budget. The mammoth defense bill gives Ukraine a tiny percentage of aid promised by the White House. There's a whole separate bill, by what the way, What did they sneak Ukraine. in there? There's a whole separate bill yeah. for Ukraine that has nothing to do with this. I got it. But usually usually they sneak in pork let's, let's right f- into these defense bills. Well, this, I mean... Uh, I mean, isn't it, the it, whole bill pork? Like, sure, you have to ask yourself this question. Do you think that we are getting any portion of the amount of military power for the United States in proportion to them spending way more than like the next two countries combined. Are we? What's the? I don't so, like, for the example, like, are we getting the like, benefit of the United States military? Yeah, I mean, like, do you think that they're getting the military, like, any percentage of the military power out of that budget for what they spend? The, the, yes, it's like one percent, okay. man. Yes, they're getting a percentage. It's nowhere near the value. Right. Like, okay. 99% of it is all pork. They build things that don't work to build things that don't <laughs> well, work I'm because just... it rewards their donors. This is I got all it. just machines of murder is really all that it is. Understood. But typically, you know, your special interest will... This is the Ron Paul thing that I'm always griping about. Yeah. Right. Ron Paul will see this big military budget spending bill yeah. and he'll put something in there for his little state and his little county in yeah. Texas yeah. and then vote no knowing that it will pass right so that's and that is somehow worse than voting no knowing it won't knowing that it will pass and not putting that in there uh on on principle yes it's worse how because on principle if you're going to vote no you ought not put something else in there well i mean on principle a man shouldn't be a politician so also a good case against Mr. Paul that, yeah. you know, doesn't falls on deaf ears amongst 
other community members. Well, yeah, and again, you know, the the old joke was, well, what's the difference between a libertarian and an anarchist? Six, six months, months yeah, right? Yeah. But that's not true. Uh, no, way, six months in New Hampshire. Maybe, but there are still many, many libertarians who are not anarchists. anarchists. They are minarchists uh, here in New Hampshire. Right. So, you know. So you have this giant defense bill, and then because they know it's going to pass, they shove in more stuff yeah. in there. Yeah, and that's, I, that's what I'm. It's political tricks. That right. seems I'm, like a lateral move to me. I'm just curious about it. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'll well, say it's all out. bad, but I want to know what's in there. The 886.3 buh, 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 billion dollar bill. 886.3 billion. They didn't even crack a trillion. They're really holding themselves back. Gives American troops a pay raise, but includes only a fraction of the aid requested by Ukraine. Biden signed the 2024 NDAA on Friday after it passed Congress with bipartisan support. So uh, any of you who are you know, pointing fingers at Democrats or you're pointing fingers at Republicans, uh, they both signed off on this thing. Yeah, speaking of uh, anniversaries of terrible, terrible things, crappy birthday to the NDAA. Yeah. At $886.3 billion. The bill allocates 3% more money to the Pentagon than last year, uh, which came in at a then-record 858. So apparently every year they crack a new record for you know, of course. some reason. So he literally outdid himself. <laughs> he even, did. Again, even, even if it was the same value that you got last year, it's going to go up because of the inflationary pressures on the dollar. Biden said that he signed off on the bill despite certain quote-unquote concerns. I'm doing air quotes for those of you who are just listening and not watching over at watch.freetalklive.com. Despite certain concerns with its contents, perhaps something like politicians inserting things and then voting against it even though they know it's going to pass. Well, hey, hey, hey. Ron Paul's not novice anymore. Who's going to vote against this? <laughs> maybe, well, maybe Joe Biden's concerns are that he's a demented old man, and by demented I mean has dementia and can't even read the damn thing. Okay, so f- hey, even if he could read, no one's going to read this. Forgive we me. We have to pass it to find out what's. You're in forgiven. It. Forgive me. My my uh, my my knowledge of this type of thing only goes back to like elementary school, right? Mm-hmm. I paid zero attention in high school and college. Um, does the president not have the power of the line item veto? Is that gone or is that still a thing? I think it's still a thing. Still yeah. a thing. Yeah. So anything that he had concerns, and now I'm doing the air quotes. Yes. Right. He could he could have just vetoed out of there. Who did him better? Rich Hear Me. Air quotes. Uh, Richie, because okay. he oh. didn't say quote unquote and do the air quotes and tell people he was doing the air quotes. Okay. All right. Very well. Two out of three. Uh, right, so he could so he could veto the right these, number. anything he could, yeah. he could veto it out. Okay, so he it, he it has concerns that he and then signed didn't care it, enough. He signed it despite these concerns. Well, but he can veto out the concerns. I have concerns, but ooh, what's that? He condemned. Uh, that's more plausible. <laughs> that's more realistic. He condemned a section prohibiting the use of U.S. government money, U.S. government money to transfer detainees from Guantanamo Bay to prisons in the U.S. or other countries. And criticized That's a big difference. And criticized provisions that require the White House and the Pentagon to hand over, quote, reports and plans to Congress for oversight, unquote. So he condemned it but didn't veto it out. Got right. it. Okay. I will give you very strong words about these two things, but I'm going to sign it anyway. Yeah. Okay. As long as we know where the buck stops. The bill also, and this is the part that makes me sick, 
reauthorizes Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act until April. That's FISA, for those of you playing the acronym game, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. The act allows U.S. intelligence agencies to conduct warrantless wiretapping of foreign communications, despite the FBI admitting to using it to illegally surveil American citizens more than 280,000 times in 2020 and 2021. If it was already illegal and not authorized by this, then why aren't they being held accountable regardless of this? Who would hold them accountable? It's government. The CIA. Here, have some. <laughs> I'm sure the CIA is, in fact, holding them accountable. Okay. I guarantee you that if anyone of any real power starts defying the Central Intelligence Agency, they will, one way or another, no longer have their position. Okay, so... And that has been true since John F. Kennedy. I get the who's who's held accountable. I was kind of joking. However, if you were one of these people illegally spied upon in violation of the law, including this one, that would give you standing to make some sort of claim in their court system. But I have heard nothing of anyone even making that claim. And having yeah, it be except that out. the federal court system would have to choose to see it. Yeah, I and got they it. Tend not to. Okay. So, but do we know of cases that have been filed and rejected by the courts? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can look them. I can look them up. But like, you can Google it for yourself. I FISA, could. Uh, yeah. What's well, not There's a, FISA a tremendous thing. number of uh, of suits over the uh, the FISA spying. It wouldn't be a FISA spying because FISA doesn't authorize the FBI to spy domestically. It would be a violation of whatever you know the constitutional Fourth Amendment protection against the FBI spying domestically. Several Democrats and Republicans opposed the reauthorization. With Senator Ron Wyden, a Democrat, complaining earlier this month that it was inserted into the uh, bill without a vote or any debate. See? Pork. The NDAA includes a $300 million al- uh, allotment in military aid for Ukraine over the next year, which the Pentagon is to spend on procuring arms and ammunition for Kiev from private contractors. This program called the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative. <laughs> and there's your cronyism. Uh, is Hold on, a, so he, he inserted the National Defense Authorization Act into the spending bill? It, it doesn't say who. It just says the bill reauthorizes the Section 7. Uh, the bill re- also reauthorizes Section 702 of the FISA Act. Uh, the act allows U.S. intelligence agencies to conduct warrantless wiretapping of foreign communications. Right. Despite the FBI admitting to using it to illegally surveil American citizens. It was the next part. More than 280,000 times. It was the uh, Ukraine authorization for oh, private oh, companies. Oh, sorry. Uh, the Pentagon is to spend on blah, blah, blah. This program called the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative is oh, okay. one of the mechanisms by which Biden has been bankrolling Ukraine's military. It has been used to buy $3 billion worth of weapons to date. But to private contractors. Right? Of course. So right. there's your cronyism. $300 million right. going to their buddies in the military industrial their complex preferred, right. mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. to provide arms and munitions. Yes. Yeah. Burisma was right. Uh, however, $300 million falls dramatically short of the $61 billion in direct military aid that Biden has promised to the Ukraine under a separate $105 billion spending bill. 
This bill remains stalled in Congress with Republicans vowing to block its passage. Yada, 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 yada. You get the idea. So billion too much, 300 million, no problem. Look, there's um, something like 800 known United States military bases around the world. Okay. That's just the ones we know about. Uh, And as you pointed out, Richie Rich, uh, this is uh, double uh, the next two countries' total military spending. Uh, combined, uh, so the United States. Actually, spends, I was the one. That put oh, that I'm sorry. Out. I agreed with him, though. You I did. see that we sound the same to you too. Uh, Caller, but <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Maybe I was just giving Richie Rich credit for an unknown reason. Where mm. it was not due. Yeah, I see. Maybe, I'll take it. It's called maybe, extra credit. Maybe there's too much beard in this room. I don't know. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> there can never be enough beard in this room. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I made a mistake. We do a separate podcast for that. At some point. <laughs> My point is, is that, uh, you know, more than double the next two countries, uh, military yes. budget combined, uh, not to mention record breaking uh, year over year, apparently. Uh, you know, uh, when is the murder going to stop? Well, funny. And, and also, how is this it not might, an actually. empire? How is so, this not an empire? Well, like, so this is like one of if, the wacky things you, that's going on, though, is uh, that like. Hold on. Hold on. Let me finish my thought. If you, the listener and folks out there in listener land. If you go into the military thinking you're doing something noble, you're not. You are becoming a stormtrooper. You are you are aligning yourself with the empire. Literally, the United States of America is the largest empire planet Earth has ever known. By almost any measure. So you were asking when is this going to stop? It might actually. So the wacky thing about having the bet five uh, dash on that. Well, <laughs> I mean, something's got to give. So the thing about having the federal funds rate at five and a quarter percent is that the U.S. actually has to finance its new debt at that. And they've already passed the point where paying just the interest on their existing debt is more than the entire federal budget for the military. They don't care. Yeah, I'm with Captain on this one. They don't care. But I will say this to your initial question. When will it stop? To go back to like hour one, yeah. like first segment yeah. about the nuclear proliferation, yeah. right? This is why you don't do it if you're one of the other countries. Because if the United States is spending this much on the military, you are at risk if you're not able to defend yourself somehow mm-hmm. against the empire expanding into your territory. Yeah. Uh, so. Because the only place, the only country that has used them is the United States. And we've still got them. The the people of the United States of America need to grow some balls real quick. Uh, you cannot bomb your way to peace. You cannot murder your way to cooperation in society. These are just oxymorons. They're jumbo shrimp, military intelligence, right? These are things that like are opposed to each other. So the longer this goes on, uh, the more... Folks are going to see you, the people, uh, as accessories, cooperators. Complicit. Complicit in what the United States is doing. They already did. That was part of 9-11. Right. They and, didn't target, like, the military bases. Right. And and that, you know, is likely to continue because all the military does, like, the output of the United States as a government, as a, a, a the system that governs, right, 
the only output that can be measured is bodies. It's certainly not doing anything economically for us, right? Okay. We're in the hole, right? The debt is huge, right? Uh, unborn children are in debt the moment they're they're born on onto quote U.S. soil unquote. He did the air quotes again. I did, just in case you were wondering, Pinkless. But he also said quote unquote. Okay. So this time you're doing the superfluous right. explanation, right. and a superfluous job you did. Thank you. Uh, you like this whole murdering empire? It just needs to stop, right? Uh, the United States of America. If you think it was based on noble intent, if you think the Bill of Rights was a noble intention, if you think the Declaration of Independence was a noble intention, if you think the Constitution was a noble intention, and you think that the things that they wrote in those pieces of paper uh, were noble, things like mm, liberty, freedom. Right. Uh, prosperity. Right. You know, the ability to make all your own choices for yourself, et cetera, and so on. Uh, none of those things is true right now. None of those pieces of paper uh, have any merit whatsoever. They're just words on paper. And that's how your government treats them. Uh, if that were not the case, things would be a lot different. So as a person who worked in tech, the only non well, the only objective way to evaluate a system is to see what the output is, right? If you're Henry Ford and you build an assembly line, right? Why are you building the assembly line? You're building the assembly line so that you can make more cars faster, right? Uh, instead of making... And even if you tell people that you're actually assembling plushies and you find out that it's cars coming out of that factory, you might start thinking to yourself, that's not a plushie factory. Right. Well, let's, also, let's take a step back as well. The United States military has done all this damage... All over the world. Continues to do. Continues to do. And overnight, it ceases. Just somehow someone gets in charge or by luck of happenstance or miracle intervention, the United States ceases all this, recalls all the troops, closes all the bases. Is the is the rest of the world, like all the terrorists that have been created by bombing their families between now and then, they just go like, okay, we forgive you. You left. Or is there still like a revenge motive and then there's still defense to be needed against whatever offense they're now going to employ? Depends on how long you wait. Yeah. Well, I if mean, it happens so overnight, how long is that terrorist going to wait? You're, you're doing this thing that, that Skeeter tried to do and that many libertarians do. You're, you're uh, throwing out a hypothetical situation that has zero chance of occurring. Yeah. Right. There is going to be no miracle thing that makes the United States suddenly one day overnight stop all of this. I got it. But we're calling for it to cease. Right, we're, we're, say, we're saying like the the proliferation of the American Empire needs to stop. So your argument is basically that uh, the American Empire has the the tiger by the tail at this point. That it they, might. I'm suggesting that that's a possibility. I'm not saying it's a good thing. Right? My point is that the uh, the people who live within what is commonly referred to as the United States of America need to grow the f up. They need to grow some balls, and they need to start standing up for each other. And do what? That's up to the individual. Okay. And if, okay, let's, again, no, I let's, think that's a really good question. Like, if they're successful. What would that look like to you? What concrete actions that human beings took would look like that in your eyes? Well, I mean, I'm already here, right? So. So 300 million Americans moved to New Hampshire. Well, uh, it, it'd be a lot easier if 300 million Americans just went, hey, you know what? No. Okay. I will not comply. All right. 
right? I mean, there's all sorts of and ideas that, that, that are grinds, out there and that, that grinds could the gears work. of the state. There's all sorts of ideas out there that could work I if a large enough percentage of people were to adopt them. Understood. And but everybody, the, the, there's, but the reason people well, think don't a, adopt them is because they ain't got no balls. The end, the end goal of your suggestion is a cease of the American empire, and I'm granting you that end goal. Yes. Right? What happens then with all the terrorists that were created around the world because of the empire? I think that's going to take us more time to discuss than we have. Okay. But I will say that one concrete action that people could take today mm-hmm. is learn other currencies. Because yes. first you have to learn how the other currencies work before you can use them. And then you can use them. And then you can take your productive power away from the deadly empire. How would you subvert the system? How would you go about gaining respect in the international com- community in the absence of government? 603-283-6160. Give us a call. More Free Talk Live coming up. information that I have stuck in my head for unknown reasons. Was that a quote? It was air quotes. I believe or you were quoting yourself. It? Or was it? If you quote yourself, do you have to use air quotes? Or are you the, just saying it again? The telephone number here at Free Talk Live is quote 603-283-6160 unquote. If you like to us. He requoted on the unquote. He, he put quotes inside of his own quotes. And I unquoted both of them. If you're going to quote yourself, all you have to do is say, we were, as I we said before. We were doing before, so well. Uh, I believe I have reached my quota uh, of this bit. But right. So uh, this idea of like, okay, let's, let's imagine, if you will, uh, an America that works the way people like think and feel that it does. Where it doesn't actually like run around picking fights and having a giant empire military industrial complex, okay. but instead like actually uses the military where it's needed. So defense of the borders, right? Right. No so, Mexicans allowed. So pulls back from all in of Mexico? these uh, at the border. Oh. All of these aggressive wars that it's currently engaged in, and yeah, you have that problem of okay, but you just upset a lot of people, and by upset I mean they're literally willing to blow up their own bodies to hurt you. Yes, they're right. still out there, right? But at that point, you would have all of this military power that you're not wasting, and literally intentionally wasting all across the globe okay. that you could then focus on, okay, if someone does a terrorist attack, you can go, okay, we're going to just push you into oblivion. Okay. Like, this guy, we're going to find out who he knows, that you're all dead. And only those people. I mean... Okay. Not their neighbors. Okay. I, I guess that's the difficulty, because it seems that's sort of how you get into this mess, right? Like, they blew up the Twin Towers on 9-11... And we invaded Iraq. Right? Well, like we, we went. Yeah, that's like uh, okay, stabbing let's go myself ahead and deal in with the, that one. Hang on, that's like, well, that's like stabbing myself in the foot with a shovel for your mortgage. 
Oh, like okay, the two so things are unrelated. Either either way. So the twin towers wait, could not wait, have been blown on, up without the American I, uh, army, be, uh, without the American military being complicit in the action. I have to do a thing before we go on. Hold that thought. Uh, I have to thank Jessica, who is a platinum level amplifier. That means she gives uh, and presumably female, which uh, is an anomaly. Is it twenty bucks for platinum? Twenty five? I don't remember. Twenty five sounds right. Uh, which means Jessica enjoys this show. The hosts, the co-hosts, the callers. The perspective of freedom, peace, liberty, and prosperity that we bring to the airwaves, and she believes it is a proper use of her Liberty Dollar to help amplify us, which means advertise, market, promote, and support. So thank you, Jessica, for your contribution. You can become an amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com. It's a Patreon-type setup. There's different levels. We only ask for 5 bucks, so Jessica gives more because she believes this show is worth more than 5 bucks to her. It brings that much value to her. It's a voluntary donation. Uh, so visit amps.freetalklive.com. You do get some little benefits and that kind of a thing, but that's not why you should amplify. You should amplify because you believe in the message of liberty. Thank you again, Jessica, for your contribution. We appreciate you. Go ahead. Where was I? You were in, oh, right, in your 9/11. seat. I uh, was suggesting that with, with 9-11, right, at least the, the rhetoric from the state was these individuals did a bad thing, we're going to go get the guys who did it, much like you just suggested would be like the outcome if we brought all the troops home. Right. And okay. if they actually got the guys who did that, as opposed to what they're doing, then that would be a much better circumstance. Well, like, at, at some point... And, but, but in their mind, well, they are. And my point... No! They're absolutely not. They are they absolutely not. They know full well that these are not the people responsible for the attacks on 9-11. Right. They know full well that is the case. Uh, is it, though? I mean, like, l- let's just uh, imagine, if you will, uh, from their perspective, right? Uh, their families have been getting bombed by, you know, military forces... Uh, you know, creating their position uh, that that uh, the USA is evil or whatever it is, right? Do it uh, with Israel and Hamas. That's uh, recent. And and so in their mind, you know, it, it occurs to me, like, what other things might they have done to get the attention of not just the U.S., like, you know, in proper channels, right? You know, like, did they go to their government? Did they go to, like, the embassy? Did they try, you know, what other things were tried, you know? And then did they arrive at the conclusion that we talked about just in the previous segment here, that, like, the ignorance of the populace of the United States makes them complicit in these acts of murder? And so if that's the case, then... You know, in their mind, they're probably thinking, well, we have no recourse. We have no other way to uh, let uh, planet Earth know that what is being done to us is wrong, morally, ethically, uh, politically, etc., and so on, than to strike back. That's usually what you get when you give someone no recourse. Right. right. Even even like the art of war, the Sun Tzu quote, right. right, is give your enemy like a golden bridge to retreat upon. So they, there's no recourse. Like, you, they're fine. Yeah. You go away and we're good, right? But if you, you back them into a corner, you kill their family, they have no recourse on the international stage because the American empire is so large. What are you going to do? Right. And you throw in some religion in there. Sure. Right? You know, that, that makes it honorable for them to sort of harry carry themselves or whatever You don't even have to throw in religion. There are people that will self-emulate on the steps of the courthouse because they got a bad ruling in a divorce decree. Right. Well, and I think this is why you have the uh, the idea of, look, once you put on that uniform, you have decided you are with this group. 
you, the individual, have given up that individual status to be part of this group. I believe that, yes. And I think that's, I mean, you got to draw the line somewhere. And look, we can either undo the last 2,000 years of philosophy and go back to being groups that fight each other as groups that do not judge each other as individuals. Right. Or we can maintain this idea that it matters what the individual does regardless of the circumstances of their birth. Yeah, when I start, when I first started uh, be, becoming introduced to philosophy and principles, it amazed me at how universal they were. You throw in ethics in there, right? And you can get to the appropriate conclusions without religion. And, Should and, be able and, to. And that's, that's the thing that enthused me the most. Why is that important? Well, because if you can arrive at people doing good for people uh, without uh, the use of religion, then that means it's compatible with all religions. So there's kind of a hang-up there, though. What is it? So the idea of judging the individual mm-hmm. is a religious idea. So fundamentally, the idea that it's the individual that matters and not the family and certainly not the tribe, that emerged out of Christianity specifically. That was the first situation where it was no longer a matter of what your family did that you should be focusing on. And it wasn't that your family would get you in or out of another afterlife. It was the individual choices. Oh, from would, a, okay, I see what right, you're saying. Right, right. Okay. And, and see, that's the thing. It's I was like, wait a minute, every Christian I've ever talked to is all about family, family, this family. I get what you're right. saying, though. Yeah. Right, and and that 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 afterlife thing is is the proxy for everything. Like, since we're talking about eternity here, you can say this is the most important thing. So the and since it's the most important thing, it applies to everything. And the and that's the condensation of the idea is on everything. We should judge people not as part of a family, not as part of a tribe but as an individual. And that was an idea that emerged from religions, I, specific religions. I'm okay with that as long as uh, philosophy, uh, doesn't scale up. ethics, and principle uh, can use it successfully for peaceful interaction. It doesn't scale up. What? The, the, judging people as individuals? It doesn't scale up. That's yes, why, it does. That's Well, okay, so let's go back to the terrorist example. The United States military bombed a country, killed a family, created a terrorist, and that dude's only claim is going to be against the guy flying the plane that dropped the bomb. No. That's the individual. Okay, that is an individual. That's that he the has individual. A no, that is an individual. It's the against, individual that killed his family. Would you let me finish the sentence, please? Maybe. That is an individual that he has a claim against. He also has a claim against the entirety of person by person, individual by individual, of that chain of command. So the person that ordered him to drop that bomb and the person that ordered him to order him to drop that bomb, each individual in that chain who had a choice, he has a claim against. The The individual that paid the tax to pay for the bomb? No. Where do you draw the line? Because he had no choice. He was being threatened. Some people pay on five, five willingly. The irony oh, yeah. of okay, yeah, no, that's that's an important difference. If the guy paying the tax did so willingly, knowing that this was going to happen, then yeah, he has a claim against him too. Everyone pays their taxes, knowing this is going to happen. 
Uh, I don't know Not that everybody knows. Not all of us do it willingly. Yeah, people, a lot of people are just in the fog of statism. The irony, as I attempted to say five or six times, of Peakless asking you to let him finish is not lost on me. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to make sure that we do that. But that's but the, that's the reason why I'm okay with circle. the uniform designation, right? If you put uh, on the uniform, you're complicit. You're guaranteed complicit. You go I, after those people. Same team. I mean, there, right, but there, it's there's the, a part of me that wants to forgive. The there's a part of me that wants to forgive people who are ignorant of the facts because they they're uneducated as to what is. Well, and part of, part of my overall position with the uniform thing as well is it's prohibitively difficult for uh, 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 a Serbian farmer, right, to find the guy in the chain of command and exert any sort of justice on an individual level. He's right. not going to find the bomber. He's not going to find the captain. He's not going to find. Hey, he's not even going to get close to the president, I'm the captain, the lieutenant. Then <laughs> he's not going to get close. Right. His his recourse is just vengeance. Right. Yeah. And retribution. Well, okay. So then, like, we should look at the history of uniforms, right? It's my uh, understanding, and I don't know if it's right or wrong, that uh, uniforms were first used uh, as a way to identify who is on your team, not the way to identify the enemy. Well, so Peakless, Peakless brought up a statement that I made several years ago that I'll, I'll stand by, but I won't reiterate it. Okay. What spurred on that initial claim was the fact that those individuals were lining up in such a manner that it reminded me of the Redcoats and the British Army. Okay. Right? They, they, they formed a straight line. They were the enemy, right? They had the uniform of the enemy. Yep. And the, the Americans shot them, right? They went, oh, look, they're standing in a line. Bink! And shots were fired. And it seemed to me that that's an, in, that's an inefficient way to mount a defense or an offense is to stand in a straight line and I thought we figured that out. Well, no, I think, you're, I think you're absolutely right. I think that they know that, and they know that everyone else knows that. So what they're forming is not a defense. It is a proof that they don't need to defend themselves. Okay. But either way, they put on the uniform, and that's that's who you go after. Right? It doesn't, doesn't matter who fired. If a shot comes from that direction, you fire back in that direction. Right. But, uh, so let's say a person puts on a uniform. Yep. And they have a kid. Yep. Now, you don't have a claim against that kid. You're right. And that's because you're judging on the basis of the individual. Well, I'm judging on the, the individual's choice to put on the collective, the uniform of the collective. Right. Right. And and so here, this brings me back to my question. is like, okay, hold on. You made the claim that you can come to these conclusions philosophically. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'd like you to answer this. How do you know that the individual is the basis of uh, of measurement? Well, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. And I wish I could give you a non-religious answer I, to that. I, I, I come to that conclusion because... Because I know it's correct, well, I, come, I don't know no, why. No, I, I come to that conclusion because I know that individuals are unique, save for like a, you know some identical twins floating around out there, or triplets or whatever. But even then... They become unique, mm-hmm. right? So, like, they might like 
they might have the same DNA or whatever, but you know, maybe one you know has a you know, I don't know a lame eye or something like or, or develops even if it's one. It's just a separate experience that right. landed on them differently. Well, right. and even so, even two twins will develop differently epigenetically, right. and you can even tell the different genes because of which ones are turned on and which ones are turned off. Like if we just look at at nature, nature is full of individualism, right? No two trees are the same. Right, no two blades of grass are identical. Right, uh, it, it literally is. But I can treat them the same, and it goes well. Well, you can mow them all with the same lawnmower, sure. Right. You know, they're lined up in a row. But like, you know, that might make wear it... the same green uniform. <laughs> wow, no air quotes on that one. Huh? All right, um, so that's that's where I get it from. I take a look around at nature, and I go, okay, nature is full of uniqueness even within you know a small niche of like the same plant or the same animal or whatever right which is also very predatory it is yes uh and and humans try to stifle it amongst our own species and territorial yeah right uh that is true so but i i arrive at that conclusion because uh, i look at nature and i go uh, if nature is creating and you can call nature whatever it is you want at this point (laughs) Uh, Some people will call it God or whatever, right? Uh, I call it nature. If nature is creating individual human beings, why is it doing that? Mm. Uh, The the answer that, in my mind, is because uh, it has to. It has to create individuals in order for the species to make progress, Mm. right? Uh, Nature... Nature doesn't stand still very often. It has as far as uniqueness like, to explore. Yes, as far as like, there is no end goal with nature. Nature never goes, well, I guess that's all the grass I'm going to invent. There's no reason for any new grass to grow whatsoever. No, because nature is this ever-changing environment that everything must adapt to, and therefore the best way for large quantities of grass or humans to grow is for each of them to be unique. And so if we look at things like, I don't know, like uh, group actions, right? Uh, in any like crisis situation, almost every time, the best action is for individuals to act individually instead of acting collectively. When individuals start a acting- crisis? Uh, it's when individuals start acting collectively at scale is when a bunch of stuff usually goes wrong. Now, a whole bunch of individuals might agree that, hey, this action is the appropriate action to take. Uh, if there's a, you know, an earthquake or a flood or something like that, a bunch of people are going to self-motivate to get themselves to go and help other individuals, right? But Seems they're like collective not, action. But they're not- going around and saying, hey, everybody, you're going to come and do this. They're acting individually of their own decision, right? They're not being forced to by like a state or something like that. Well, they're not being forced to, but I think they inherently know that working together is better than working individually. And well, so yeah, they, teamwork has to happen, of course. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. They yeah, yeah. collectivize. They yeah. voluntarily collectivize but, for the betterment of all. But they specialize. Sometimes. Right. Yeah. within that, right? Okay, you're going to be the guy that does this. You're going to be the guy that does that. This guy's going to oversee yeah. the whole thing, right? Take instructions from him, and he's got the plan, or yeah. you know, here's the blueprints, or whatever it is. If you're right? trying to fix a pipe, you go, who here's the plumber? Right. Yeah. Or who here has plumbing experience? Something like that. Right? Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, you're in charge of this activity. Yeah. Tell us what to do. So, uh, does that answer your question? Hmm. I mean, like, I, I just... I well, have I mean, to conclude. It definitely makes me think. And, I have and, to conclude that nature makes me believe that the individual is uh, where it's at. Is mm-hmm. where you know we should be focused because we're all individuals. I'm unique to you. 
you're unique to him. He's unique to me, right? We're not even the 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 same person that we were five minutes ago, right? Uh, individually, right? Well, and I suppose it comes down to this. We can have more peace with each other if we treat each other as not tribes and families, but individuals. I mean, like, so you were pointing out, well, I want to give some forgiveness to the even the person in a uniform, but who didn't realize what they were doing. Right. And I would well, say take to you, the uniform off first. Right. Well, yes. Right. Yeah. I would say to you that once they realize. Yeah. Right. Once they realize what they're doing, they have a choice. Now they can either keep doing what they're doing, in which case they do not deserve your forgiveness, or they can try to redeem themselves. And the first step is to stop what you're doing. Yeah. The the cultural indoctrination, the cultural hogwash that many people grow up in, right? Uh, is so deep. Like, it starts from before they're born, right? Uh, a kid is born to uh, a family that's all military all the time, right? He's going to go into the my, military. My daddy was, a, my grandfather was, a, yep. you know, and and they grow up, they turn 18, I'm going into the military, right? Seems to be the case. And and so they go because they think they're doing the right thing. They, they have right. been culturally uh, indoctrinated to believe that they are doing uh, a noble good. Right? The same thing happens with, like, police and that kind of thing. People grow up. And they believe, even if they weren't in that family, like they grew up thinking that, oh, by doing this, I'm doing good. I want to do something to help society. I want to do something to better people, right? They're they're wrong <laughs> in right. this case. But like the, those are the people that like I have compassion for. If they take off they, the uniform. Because they go into these things with what I like to call noble intent. And uh, I realize where there's a practicality of, okay, there's plenty of people who don't realize what they're doing but they're wearing a uniform and they're still doing it. And so while they're doing it, even if they don't know what they're doing, they're wearing the uniform and you have to treat them as if they do. So let's go back to the original example that we started. The the United States pulls out. There's a bunch of terrorists. Does, Does the United States pull out and offer some recompense, some restitutions, somehow paid for by whomever to, to apologize and make good and say, well, now that we've realized our mistakes, we're not going to do that, and here's something to make it up so that you don't feel the need to terrorize us further. That's not a bad idea. Um, I don't know how you know likely that is, right? Well, I, I know we're talking hypotheticals And here. in order to do it, they would have well, to then terrorize their own citizens to pay for it. it I think it's, for example, if, if New Hampshire secedes from the U.S., that would be a really good idea. For us to say, hey, world, we are no longer doing any of the things that the U.S. military was doing, and we realize that we played a part in that, and we want to work with you to make up our part in that. I think that would be a really smart idea. All right. uh, and, and I want to go back to uh, the complicit thing, right? Uh, I was a statist, right? That is to say that I was like... Well, you know, government might suck, but, you know, it's the best thing going, right? That was my opinion, right? Uh, I was a a knee-jerk constitutionalist, so whenever, you know, something came up that was sort of like, oh, well, this seems like a a situation where some people are going to have to figure it out, I was like, well, what does the magic paper say? What What does the Constitution say? 
Is it in the Constitution? Great, then do it. It's not. Oh, then don't do it, or whatever it is. Right? Not let, a bad starting point. Let, let the Constitution like that was sort of because I grew up in like biblical families, mm-hmm. right? Where they they always pointing at the magic book. Well, and particularly, right? it sounds like Protestant families because yeah. that's the big Protestant thing. Is like, wait a second. Now that we can actually read this, because it's not in Latin, which no one speaks. Right. Well, what does the book say? So my point is that I did not. Uh, I don't know what the right term is. I did not awaken. I didn't uh, come out of the the, the fog, fog of, statism. of statism until I was thirty-seven years old. All right. So, like, if you're going to use, and I'd never wear a uniform, so like, okay, that's fine. But like, if other people are going to use uh, citizenship as complicity, right? Then they've given no one a chance to wake up. Well, I don't. I don't think the the terrorist whose family died. In a U.S. bombing, cares about your ability to wake up. I'm sure, but government. but as well, an a, anarchist, well, hold on. I have a I have a question about when you were a statist. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you willingly pay the tax? Uh, define willingly. I like, mean, did you pay the tax because there would be penalties if you didn't, or did you pay the tax because you wanted to give your money to the U.S. federal government? No, I I filled out the forms because I wanted to get a return. Right, like there was always a, the 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 promise of a. I was poor, dude. Right, so like, you know, I would go and I'd work a job. They took the taxes, right? Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I better maximize the amount of money in my pocket. And so, uh, you know, well, then you didn't even pay the taxes. They took them, right? Like, well, so there's enough there's enough people on the internet clamoring for the tax the taxation of the wealthy, where it's not a principled matter of they're taxing me. It's a matter of, like, they're taxing the wrong people. Taxes are still justified. Taxes are never justified. They will justify if you tax the right people. They are complicit. Yeah. Those people are complicit. (sighs) Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. Because they believe that stealing from peaceful people is a good idea. You just need to pick the right peaceful people to steal from. And there's a lot of those people out there that aren't libertarians or us. So to go back to attempting to answer your question... When I was a statist, why did I, you know, file my taxes or whatever? Uh, it was because it was the thing that everybody did, right? Like, that's just how it was. Uh, I'm sorry, everybody. We are out of time. Thank you, Richie Rich. Thank you, Peakless Mountaineer. Thank you to all our listeners and all of our callers. We'll be back. It's been Free Talk Live. Thanks and peace. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.